2: Fans, and welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here for episode number 106 here on Monday, November 19th, 2018. Thanksgiving is coming up, and uh, before we talk the turkey, we're going to talk you through the world of retro wrestling. I am Joe Murata. That is Mr. Michael Quinn. Gobble, gobble, Michael.
1: Howdy doody. How you doing here? We are first at
2: the loft for the first time at OVP Studios. It's a nice attic. I really loft. enjoy it. Um, Third it's floor, a good. good sh- Good attic for a good show. (laughs) Uh, Yes, thank you very much, Quinn. And uh, speaking of a good show, we have some great topics in store for you. The Royal Rankings are back. It's week six. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter. You can do that at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is V P Podcast at gmail.com. But, Quinn, there is still a great little group, a little community that people can talk about the world of retro wrestling. Uh, What is that group, Michael? Yep, it's over at Facebook.Addict.
1: Dot web, Thank you very much. Spider webs. <laughs> um, what happens there? Well, over there you can go into the search bar, which is usually at the top of the attic. Okay. You yes. On the like vaulted ceiling of the attic, mm-hmm. and you can type our vantage point, dead, a retro wrestling podcast, and then whammo, like a spider coming down from the top of the attic. The group it lists. You hit the join button, and boom, you're in. Yeah, it's a lofty goal. Yep. And <laughs> what yeah. happens over at this group, Michael? Well, all sorts of hijink gifs and gifs. And yeah, gifs. Pictures and yes. videos and people talking turkey about these rankings. People we very heated. Yes, yeah, very
2: heated. heated. We'll get uh, more on the Royal Rankings a little bit later. But yeah, it's a great time. I mean, we have a guy named Jake Georgeson that described it once as the middle school lunch table. Right. Which I think is a, a very uh, apt way to describe what goes on there. It's very... Lighthearted. It's like recess. It's like kids at recess. We're just having fun there, Maggle. Showing how it's done. Showing how it's done. And if you uh, are a fan of the retro wrestling, of any kind of retro wrestling, whether you've been a fan for 45 years, maybe you like Ivan Putski. Yeah, remember him. Maybe you like Paulo Silva, which uh, I don't think anyone does. remember him. You are welcome to join the group. It's a fun, positive time, and we encourage you to be a part of it. Also, later on in the show, Quinn, we'll have some information on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. We'll also give you some information on friends of the show. But Quinn, all season long here, we've been volleying back and forth each week, telling each other something that's on our minds as it pertains to the world of retro wrestling.
1: Quinn, it's your pick this week. Michael, why don't you tell me what's on your mind? Well, if um, people have been looking through the Facebook, I've been talking about something really weird. And this is really a topic I want to call... Weird wrestling shows. Okay, really awkward stuff that doesn't fit into the normal company. I guess that it's attached with. So outside the norm. No! Maybe different locations, or why are there people like in the show that aren't in the company? Kind okay. of thing. Give me an example. Let's start with. So one. how this got started was as I was watching that um Houston show. You know the one oh with the, the one with the Duke. Yeah, 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 him, And I was thinking, wow, this is really, uh, this is really weird. I like, guess <laughs> it is a uh, very weird show. Yeah, and it just, first of all, the commentary team, Pritchard, yes. Hi, I'm Bruce Pritchard. That whole thing, Pritchard, uh, Mike McGurk. Yes,
2: that's me, Mike McGurk. <laughs>
1: Here and in a, the toilet right, tank, right? And of course, the Duke, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, yeah. the aforementioned Duke, the Saline stick. Now, this first Houston show, it's a Paul Bosch retirement show. Who, yes, it Paul is. Paul Bosch is some kind of promoter that the I've, big nev-
2: Houston's promoter. I've
1: never seen him on WWF television yeah, in you my life.
2: You didn't need to. I,
1: in fact, I had to Google him while I was watching this show because I was like, who? Now, did you want to see Paul Bosch? Not really, but <laughs> he, he's retiring, but he's not even on the show. I don't think that's very good sportsmanship there. Could you agree with that? sportsmanship
2: at all is this the one where DiBiase has like the red tights on
1: well he actually no DiBiase he know, turn heel on this I one i don't know if he wrestles or not because he just he just shows up i didn't finish it yet but he just shows up i watched most of it i was like yeah. hogan versus one man gang and well, that sounds a, a fine title. main event yeah and um ted DiBiase, like you know he this kid he asked this kid to sing the texas song or whatever the Rose what? of Texas. I, well,
2: all my exes live in Texas. That one? No, the Stars of Texas or something. I don't know the name. That's na- a song?
1: No, I forget the name of it.
2: It's Ruben Vasquez would know.
1: Some Texas thing. I'm not from Texas. It's like, I guess maybe the Texas National Anthem or something. <laughs> Anywho, he has some like fat kid that to, to do it <laughs> and he makes fun of him. He says he looks poor and all that. It's sad, actually. Oh, that's terrible. And he so, doesn't give him the money, of course, because Virgil thinks the singing sucks. He has Virgil to critique it was the singing bad i mean it wasn't good but uh, but to be fair he's just a little kid sometimes pudgy kid pudgy notwithstanding you got to be
2: able to sing if you want to get that money so quinn what's weird about that show well first <laughs> of all tom pritchard is in
1: a match is he yes but this is technically under the wwf banner yes he's there and his hair is out of control by the way well, tom, dr tom is and he guess who he faces so mark lewin Maniac. no way Le- maniac maniac lewin. mark lewin, yeah.
2: huh? who cares? Now, is Tom Pritchard, like, in his Dr. Tom, like, the good Tom Pritchard mode?
1: Yeah, he's like that, except he doesn't get to talk, because it's just him in a diaper fighting <laughs> somebody, you know, like the yeah. Speedo tights or whatever. I guess
2: the strangest thing about these series of Houston shows though, that they did, because they did several like in 87, them, yeah, I think is the commentary team, which oh, is yeah. such a weird feel. And these were irregular, so maybe they're not too outside the norm, but if you think about Quinn, the televised WWF house shows, which we've talked about recently, of the 80s yeah. particularly, you got your MSG... Right. Which is very much the same thing every single month. In the earlier days, it was Vince. And then after that, it was Gorilla. Right. With either Patterson, Hayes, Ventura, whoever. Right. And then you go to Boston, very similar to MSG. What the hell was going on in Philly? That's just the one thing. I want to elaborate on that. Is Philly Dick Graham? Philly is Dick Graham. And a lot of times Cal Rudman, who knows even (laughs) less about wrestling. both of these guys. I find them charming.
0: Between Cal Rudman and myself is Tony Garea, who's no stranger to the Spectrum or the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. But tonight, he's going for the championship championship belt, and that I mean is the tag team. Tony, you must be excited. Definitely.
1: I kind of like the local aspect of that because those guys aren't they like longtime Philadelphia sports announcers in general? Well, Dick Graham is, and Cal
2: Rudman was a uh, radio personality, right, in Philly. But it was you know a very interesting feel. What I really, really dislike about the Philly stuff, though, is when they would start sending like the worst announcers with to be with Dick Graham. Like, after they stopped with Gorilla, because right. Gorilla's always like, Dick, I don't know, I don't care. They brought in frickin' like Craig DeGeorge would be there <laughs> with Dick Graham.
0: And uh, it must be that time, because yours truly, Dick Graham, along with Craig DeGeorge, just got off his private jet.
2: <laughs>
0: he shaves it close. He just got here of no, that's not true. Hey.
2: So they're very strange. Another one while I'm at it, okay? Okay. And it was a one-off WWF odd show. The wrestling classic has a weird feel to it. Oh, wow.
1: Okay, that's a good one to bring up because that is just... It's odd, right? It's weird. There's that weird lady on the board and Lord Alfred's getting really peevy about it.
2: Now, doesn't she have like a tablecloth dress
1: on the whole time? Yeah, she has like a tablecloth dress, but I think that's like for modesty. Yeah, probably. I I think that they don't want it to seem like she's too glamorous. Too sleuty. Yeah, (laughs) because they couldn't get Vanna White or something. We got her later. Doesn't it feel like they wanted her to be like fake Vanna White? yeah probably because it's like you know it's 1985 it's about the prime time for vanna white would you call that vanna off-white yeah she's definitely vanna off-white
2: thank you i'd say even her dress is off-white <laughs> but the wrestling classic overall just i guess because they never had another one right it's junkyard the, dog junkyard Dog moondog spot yeah uh there's no turnbuckles on the ring no turnbuckle covers i always notice that wait there isn't there's i not. don't even remember there's that Not. it's just ropes there's no turnbuckles really uh, yes Oh, it's a very shit. strange ring. i never noticed that before. You've noticed now. And uh, one more from 85, and I'll throw it back to you, is the one that we reviewed recently, the Puerto Rico show, which yes. I think enough said there. Gorilla by himself in Puerto Rico What even, in a baseball
1: stadium. Wait, I mean, go back to that review. We've <laughs> covered that. But it, yeah, it's really... What a weird show. It's really weird. You know what's another one that always gets me? It's from Coliseum Video, the World Tour 90, I want to say. Yeah. It's this weird, the Macho Man vs. Hogan from France. <laughs> yeah, and
2: it's on World Tour 90. It's from 89. But yes, it's on that tape. Right. It is something. All right.
1: Um, Those are bizarre shows. So The weird thing is that they come through like a tunnel, but it has like clear windows. <laughs> it's like a, a garden tunnel. <laughs> right. It's got clear windows and you they come through that. Right. And then there's these like women. I don't know. They're in like bathing suits, but their hair is what sticks out is they have these short hair wigs that are like glittery glittery right. and they're red and yeah. blue. There's two. One has red glittery hair and one has blue glittery hair. And they have
2: like swimming costumes on. Yeah,
1: it's really <laughs> just... And
2: they're holding like cards that say the names of the wrestlers,
1: I think? Is that I what it is? I guess in
2: French. But aren't there like sparklers off to the side? Yeah. It's a
1: very strange concept. So I just always thought that that was so weird. And it's weird that they had a match of prominence, like the Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan for the belt. The that sucks too. Yeah. Remember that? We did a
2: commentary on
1: that one. Yeah. It's not very good. It sucks. Yeah, but that always stood out to me. It's like Weird stuff like that, right? Here's a good weird one. Yeah, go. What about the Royal Albert Hall? <gasps> yeah, okay, the, that's the, a, ba- the Battle Royal thing from October of '91 yeah. with the Savile Bar Trophy and the, all that. The the illustrious Savile Bar Trophy that they talk about endlessly before and after. For like, Gorilla, that's, I swear, talks about it for like two to three years about the Savile Bar Trophy. In I swear, in '95 when. British Bulldog, like
2: after the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And when Gorilla was in, like, I don't give a fuck mode on commentary, yeah. I swear he probably brought the, You know, he was Stan Lane, he won that Savile Bar trophy some years ago.
1: You know, that type of thing. What is the Savile Bar trophy? Why is it so important? Well, oh, it's an understanding ovation for the
0: British Bulldog. And that's so.
1: Obviously, DiBiase, one of the odds on favorites to win it all at the Rumble next week.
2: It means you want to. battle Has anyone oil.
1: ever won the Savile Bar trophy since? No, that, uh,
2: the British Bulldog's the only one.
1: They need next time they go to the UK, or they have UK NXT, so they're there every week now. Crikey. Yeah, that's like, true. Why don't they have the Savile Bar Trophy on mm-hmm. the line? Somebody's got to take up the mantle.
2: You know what the funny thing is about that whole Savile Bar Trophy thing? Yeah. The Battle Royal that he won it in is awful. It's, it's poor. Have you seen, yeah, you've uh, seen the whole show, right? Yeah. But I liked the feel of that show, because in the Royal Albert Hall, it
1: looks awesome. No, it's it looks different. Great. It's striking. No, that starts the... I actually found this one of Bobby's, like, weaker jokes. Because, like, I'm a king or something. Like, what is what? that? I don't get it. He's like, Sir Bobby Keenan. I. It's just really bad. He carries
2: it all the way to SummerSlam it's 92. It's too
1: much. Like, even for Bobby, it you just seems so? like a shitty well, joke. It's not th- infallible. That he thinks is really funny, but it's not.
0: No, 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 dear chap. It's Sir Robert of Heenan, Lord Brain to you. Excuse me.
2: But, uh, yeah, the, the Royal Albert Hall stuff, uh, weird but good, I think, yeah. overall. The overall feel of those that's shows fine. are good. Yeah. WCW had one. I want to say it was when they co promoted with uh, AAA, with AAA. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere else because they also had another weird one. You can say that after. Yeah. But that's the one where Mike Tanay, I believe, made his debut. It was from late 94.
1: Oh, really? Hey, I, I think didn't that's know that was a in good AAA.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one. I think it's the WCW AAA. It's from the fall of 1994, the winter of 1994. Do you know who wrestles on that by any chance? Or- no. Off the top of my head, I don't, but no. what's the one that you were uh, talking about? Collision go- in Korea? Yeah, from 96, 95. Now, does,
1: is that where Ric Flair fights Antonio Inoki? <laughs> I
2: believe so, yes. Why?
1: And like, Inoki's
2: <laughs> like a thousand years old by that point. <laughs> I feel like he's almost always a thousand years old. Not that Ric Flair is young, but he's no. actually younger. He is younger oh, yeah. than Anoki, yeah. So let me give you the the rundown real quick here on the... Uh, the Triple A WCW AAA one Worlds Collapse. So yeah, it's November of 1994. Nothing particularly amazing, but the main event was Pedro Aguayo uh, defeated Conan in a steel cage match. Oh, when he wasn't,
1: um, when he was alive.
2: Yeah, and we also have Octagon and El Ijo del Santo uh, defeating Art Barr and Eddie Guerrero. Now,
1: is, does that mean Pentagon's on this show, too? I don't think
2: Pentagon was, but uh, Benoit was as a Pegasus kid who oh. called Scorpio and Tito Santana. Mike Tenay
1: probably like <laughs> flipped out about Pegasus yeah. kid. Another interesting note, both Benoit and Scorpio trained in New Japan dojos over in the Orient. So they have extensive backgrounds with the professional wrestling style internationally.
2: Cool. Well, apparently they got him. Yep. The- WCW got him because...
1: They were talking to him at this show in the backstage or no something. one else wanted to do the show. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. So they had him. I swear that's what it was. Wait, he just showed up because they were like they
2: got him because no one else was there. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, well, what a happened.
1: weird show. I think
2: there's a lot of weird shows. Like the big event is weird. Yeah. WWF big event. That's another enough. weird
1: one-off. Those. You know what's weird is that WWF started off like them trying to do like annual shows or whatever yes, that was. Right, right. Super shows. Yeah. The two that they tried to start with, other than like of the three, other obviously wrestlemania but the two are like they just were like what the fuck is this and i just never (laughs) did it again well the big event was a good idea i just don't know how you could say the big event like two or three like what would be a big event 30 by this point like we yeah probably 30 something yeah if they were doing that every year yeah
2: the other one too quinn is uh Fest 88, you know, not to be confused with the Coliseum Video Series later. Right, right. That's a weird one because... Well, it, it still confuses me just because of,
1: like, it has the Coliseum
2: Video name. It has the Coliseum Video name. Takes place in a baseball stadium outdoors, which they it's weren't huge. doing. Yeah, Milwaukee, I think, stadium. And the commentary team is in post, and it's awful. It's right. Sean Mooney, who's brand new. <laughs> Lord Hayes. yeah, And Billy Graham. You
0: know, those uh, wrestling uh, tights, the leotards, the gear they have on... I believe that's the first time I've actually seen them. Uh, They're kind of, uh, (laughs) they kind of look like uh, uh, shorts. Yes, George. that's their summer wear. Okay, that's a summer, the summer look. The summer look, brother.
2: Well, here we have the Rugio brothers, and as of late, the uh, Killer Bees have been buzzing around with them, your lordship. <laughs> I think they're a great team, brother. Just awful. It's pretty horrible. And I think that's what contributes, though, to the charm, I think, a lot of times, Quinn is Well, it's amazing
1: st- that that show has such a big match on it Hogan versus Andre in yeah. and a cage. Yeah.
2: But that's the thing. These days, almost everything feels the same. Right. Right. And for a long time now, raw week after week, right, feels exactly the same in terms of the way it looks, right? Mm -hmm. but remember back in the day when they were somewhere and you could tell they were somewhere right for pay-per-views for, for the weekly like pay-per-views used to have every pay-per-view had a distinct look. Like I can look for three seconds and tell you
1: what SummerSlam it is. Even if it was like, even in the late nights when it was like unforgiven or some weird crap, everything had a distinct set. I'll say this. WWE isn't like, it's not completely gone. Have you noticed they started doing weird shows? Um, where they did a japan show called like beast in the east where like brock lesnar like made an appearance i think he just fought kofi kingston but it was in like yeah it was in the normal place that new japan is and it had right. a distinct look
2: to it. Right. Well, that's, you know what? Now that you bring up Japan, another one of the weird WWF shows was a shit that they co-promoted with SWS, you know, oh, Tenaru's yeah. company, in 90 and 91. And remember, you and I watched both Randy Savage versus Tenaru matches from each Ugh.
1: year. Remember that? I think... Oh, he fought him twice? I thought he only fought him once. Fought I, I just remember the one where Sherry
2: is being really it's annoying. amazing. In 90. Yeah. Like Those WWF shows, I think one of them is where Hogan fights Stan Hansen, or maybe that's at the Egg Dome. Either way... I think that's
1: 90. That's 90. Anytime
2: WWF in Japan locked up in the early 90s, that's a that weird, was, but, but they were, good. Were good. I like those shows. Yeah. Those are like extremely
1: crazy that they work because so, they don't seem
2: like they should. They don't seem like they should. So I think, oh, speaking of one more, one more weird one for you here. Okay. The one-off WWF MSG show from 97 still gets me to this day. The one WWF house show that they televised in 1997 out of nowhere like uh-huh. five years after they stopped Is doing this it.
1: where the undertaker fights vader you or something? nailed
2: it yeah. yes live
0: from new york city in madison square garden you're gonna see the undertaker go one-on-one with vader live in a casket match
2: the reason that crept up on me is because it was out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden I turned on the yes. television in March of 97 and WWF's on, on MSG. MSG. Network. Yeah. And it was like nothing ever happened. Like, hi, folks, we're here. You yeah, know, it's just like, hey, it's just like three years ago <laughs> yeah. or whatever like, when wh- we did this. What? Yeah. So what do you think overall? Do you think that weird wrestling shows, and I know we've mentioned mainly WWF, there's tons of others. Oh, we mentioned some WCW. Yeah, but things that break from the norm. How do you feel about that? what do you think I
1: like it I think it's a good change of pace because you're used to going to all these you know the typical like beer swilling arenas around the the US and you know nothing special about them right and when I say beer swilling they're like I mean that by like that they're like these little like ho dunk like arenas that you know you just expect this is somewhere to go have a beer for a night and watch some wrestling. Okay, right? Like you know what I mean? Like, yes, I that, do know. What you that's mean. what most arenas around the country are. They're that's like they're hockey for. rinks or something. Yes, in like Some town and they fit like I don't know. They, they fit a nice amount of people, like ten thousand people. Right. But they're like they're all the same, and that's great. I like the regularity of that because that makes these shows where it's in a weird place like more interesting right True, yeah right so you kind of it's it's like you have to have the the yin and yang right With well that. you have to yin it up yeah but well because if you have no norm
2: then how do you ever separate right, from right exactly
1: norm? so i really like weird wrestling shows i guess is the bottom line if that's a weird roundabout way of saying no that. i think
2: that's fine and folks uh, we want to hear from you i mean obviously there's probably many many more shows that are odd either have an odd look to them odd feel to them odd announce team maybe a combination of all of them odd yep. venue let us know what we might have overlooked there. and we love hearing about them on we the do too. Well, that's one of my favorite pastimes
1: is yeah. like the, the aesthetic of a show and like, finding that and finding I, them I think the hunt for them is more fun than actually like yeah because you know, watching, watching, watching them. <laughs> some of them are really bad yeah
2: <laughs> but uh, we will be hunting for the next two in the royal rankings that'll be coming up right after this
0: God rest mighty wrestlers and all those who might slay. Watch out for Christmas Mania, it's live on Boxing Day. With Psycho Sid and Hitman Heart, the titles on display. With good hiding, discomfort and pain. Plenty of pain with good hiding, discomfort and pain.
2: Christmas Mania, live Boxing Day at 3 on Sky One. Oh, that was different. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here on Monday, November 19th, 2018, from the loft at OVP Studios. Hey, Quinn. Attic. Yes. Sorry. You know, we have a Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Patreon. Patreon, Patreon. Patreon.com. Some people say. Yep. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You can actually, if you want to, and there's no pressure to do any of this. It's fine if you don't want to, but you can donate and we make it very easy. There's only three tiers, Quinn. Three, three tiers, baby. And each tier is only in $1 increments. So we're going to explain this to you. For $1 a month, that's it. $1 for the
1: entire four, month. One whole dollar for 30 days, sometimes 31 in extra yeah. days value and every only now and
2: then. once a year, it's like 28 days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eh, yeah. not bad. But for 10 dimes or four quarters or 20 nickels, you know? Oh. 20 nickels.
1: Yeah, nickels. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's a hot form of currency lately, the nickel. Uh, You can join our Patreon, and each and every Monday, with the release of this episode, you can actually see how we record it. You get behind-the-scenes information in between each segment, things that might hit the cutting room floor. You can see the new OVP loft. Yeah,
1: a new attic. Um, it looks glorious, actually. And you could see the, the camera angles we're experimenting yeah, with right Quinn now. Yeah,
2: is very dissatisfied with. Yeah. But each and every Monday, you get that content. And that's just for 10 dimes a month or 20 nickels. 20 nickels. Now, if you want to add another
1: 20 nickels. Yeah, so, so you'd have 40 nickels.
2: So for 40 nickels
1: a month. a lot of nickels a month, actually. That seems more than it is. Terry nickels. Yeah. For, for 40 nickels a I wasn't, month. I wasn't going to go there. But.
2: For 40 nickels a month for $2 a month. You get not only the raw video every single Monday, but every other Friday, you get the old segment, the fan favorite segment, the one that everyone wants us to bring back,
1: (laughs) Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Oh, I thought you were going to say acid watch memories. No, well, that (laughs) hit air, actually,
2: the pilot of that. But Quinn and I put four of the best of something on Mount Rushmore, four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And it's generally going to be something from the suggestion list that you can find on ovppodcast.com. Yes. So you put your picks on there. We go through the list. We pick something, and every two weeks, we do the four best and four worst. Audio podcast, separate feed, $2 a month or 40 nickels on Patreon. And then there's one more tier, Quinn. Now, you know that? would
1: this one be 60 nickels, by any
2: chance? Well, this could be a $2 bill and yep. 20 nickels. Okay. It could be 300 pennies. Wow, that's a, lot of pe- that's a lot of pennies. But I bet you you could find that under Quinn's couch. Oh so for $3 a month, that's right. it. That's it like literally that's all you have to pay 60 nickels a month you get (laughs) you get the weekly raw footage on Mondays Uh uh-huh every other Friday you get the Rushmore and Death Valley Extra and on the other Fridays now you get video content and what that video content is is Quinn and I are cruising our way or trudging our way or forcing our way through the WWF in 1982 it's unfortunate. It is. Some of it's been good lately. But I'm not going it, to lie. It's funny,
1: and it actually, yeah, it right. It is. It it's is really good. A little, better. a little better. So all of that for twelve nickels or quarters? <laughs> yeah, it's just or twelve nickels, twelve quarters, twelve quarters. Sorry, Sorry that's right. I, I got the, the the increments wrong. That's there. quite all right. You know, you're not always going to get the I'm not, currency I'm not right. Perfect.
2: You're not perfect, but but it might be
1: worth three dollars. I think
2: so. Or a buck fifty each, perhaps. Yeah, a buck
1: fifty each. So
2: yeah. head on over to patreoncom podcast. Check it out. If you want to donate, we are not doing this show for the money, but we make it available if you want to donate, if you want to give back to us, we appreciate that. But, Quinn, it is now week six of the Royal Rankings, and before we hit the intro here...
1: Now, would you say this is becoming a favorite segment? I don't know, because...
2: You know, people have been very adamant lately on the OVP group there on Facebook yeah. about how, you know, how could John Cena be number one and how is Bret Hart above the rock? Don't say anything. Uh, wait, and how are these rankings this, you know, and there's people putting all the Attitude Era guys way on top and all the newer guys on the bottom. No one, pe- someone had CM Punk is number one. Here's the thing, folks. You're going to have your opinions. You're going to have your rankings. That's fine. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Whatever. Let's go to the Royal Rankings. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: it is now time for the Royal Frankie. I've never been pinned for a three-count man. I'm better than you are, yeah. Let me do this again. No, it's live, Al. Sorry. I have Prince on God's green earth. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again... World Wrestling Federation champion. Well, I'm the best wrestler in the world, and can't nobody tell me different. I win the championship match again. I think Ax is going to win because I think he's the only one that beat Andre the Giant. Yokozuna!
2: It's the Royal Rankings Week Six here on Episode 106. When I'm going to run down the latest as of our episode 2 weeks ago. Obviously last week we had the studio shutdown special, but here are the rankings as of November 5th, as of week 5. And number 1, John Cena. Yay! And number 2, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Good. Fine. Yeah, I'm thre- not fine with that. Number 3, Bret Hart. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah so. Number 4, The Rock. <sighs> Yeah. Number
1: five, CM Punk. I'm very happy with that one. Well, you were I instrumental that, in that there, Michael. I think there, that, Michael. that's a high rank. I think I think that's a good rank. I think that's the right place for CM Punk. It's a fine rank. Number six, Brock Lesnar. Impressive. Number seven, Ric Flair. It's, it's, it's crazy that it's... Only fair to Flair, I think, really. Only
2: fair. Number eight, the bald guy, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Nichols, the bald world champion. <laughs> yes. Number nine...
1: Randy
2: Orton, <laughs> number not, 9. Not 10. Revolution 9 there for Randy yeah. Orton. And at Num, number 10. Number nine. <laughs> number 9. Eddie Guerrero bringing up the rear. Now, this week, this is a groundbreaking week, Michael. Yes, B- breaking of ground. Because the ground is broken right now. You so, f-
1: uh, <laughs> where did my feet go? Oh, my goodness. We're going <laughs> to fall through the
2: attic. <laughs> the loft. Because for the first time ever now, we were 10 wrestlers in. We're going to have number 11, number 12. Two people, and I don't know who they are, we don't know what's going to happen, but two people, absolutely for sure, will be below the top 10. And the way this works, I want to refresh you guys. Okay, Each week now, from now until episode 110, Mm -hmm. two guys are going to enter each week and we rank them. But see, the positions relative to the other wrestlers already ranked are fixed. Meaning, even though everyone has a big problem with it, John Cena right now he stays number one unless someone new beats him. Right. No one like Austin doesn't hop over right. him. Right. No
1: existing people can beat anyone. Right.
2: So the, the positions are locked relative to where they are with right. other existing wrestlers. However, that doesn't preclude the new people. It does not preclude. Good word. Uh, preclude? Doesn't preclude. Did I use that right? You did. Okay. So, Quinn, do we want to find out now who drew number 11? Well, I guess so.
1: Okay. Let's They've find have been out. waiting for two weeks. Okay. Here we go.
2: It's time to play the game, Michael. He made it. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, I know that you're not the biggest fan of him. No, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I like certain aspect of his world title run. Ooh.
1: Okay, so this is what I'm going to say is that Sorry. I think everything we can like make him sound good with is happens in like 2000. <laughs> like, yes. After that correct what the
2: hell i agree with you so let's start with triple h's uh a brief run through of triple h's reigns here folks now if you, you obviously know the history of triple h he came in as the aristocrat in 95
1: yeah see he, he was a blue blood he went to fancy pants wrestling school right. and all that he got a
2: little more like sassy by 97 and then he got china right he joined dx in 97 he was Shawn michael's lackey Right. Then he picked up the ball because Sean dropped it in 98. He was a mid-card hero as a face. Turned heel, and then in 99, he wore the short tights and started carrying a sledgehammer, and they pushed him to the moon, essentially. And he
1: was what he was. Hanging out with Buzz Aldrin. He's like the same thing now, except bald. (laughs) Like, basically. (laughs) Yes,
2: pretty much. So I'm bald, but I'm still a good person. At SummerSlam, 1999, was going to be Triple H's big push to finally win the world title. He finally gets his shot. Right. So of course he has a three way match, a triple threat with World Champion Steve Austin, mankind, yeah, and special referee <laughs> now, Jesse Ventura. This is
1: Joe's. He doesn't like this. I hate this. So you don't like it because you think because Triple H doesn't win the title, right? He doesn't win the title. Although I'm mankind fine with does. that. Um, right? Think Stone Cold should be bringing himself to losing to Triple H, but nevertheless, <laughs> Quinn. The next night on Raw.
2: Mankind loses the title to Triple H right. and thus begins the first ever reign of Triple H.
0: Will it be? Will it be? Triple, yes! H! Yes! Triple H! Triple H! Triple H! Wins the WWF title! Huh?
2: Now, it's not very long because as most people tend to gloss over, Triple H lost that title to the now-face Vince McMahon only <laughs> weeks later. Really? What a great champion. I wonder if you had something to do with that, Quinn. What, what do you
1: mean I had something to do with that? Bro. But, hey...
2: But Vince, of course, is not a wrestler. He gives it up. Triple H wins it back in the ill-fated six-pack challenge.
1: Yes, the six-pack
2: challenge where the wolf-wolf came back, and (laughs) it was so great. The British Bulldog's gonna wear bad jeans whether he wants to or not. Now,
1: I thought... This match was interesting only because it's one of the rare like ninety nine pay per views I remember ordering for some reason. I watched it as well. I don't know why. I, I Maybe it was because the title was going to be decided. Probably that's probably why I
2: cared. A rare six man
1: match for and the title, and also for some reason I do remember being excited that the Wolf Wolf was coming back. I was like, this is so weird. He had A name value, right? Yeah. At least he was something. Well, it was the fact that the Bret Hart Association, right? So mm-hmm. it was like strange to see a Bret Hart associated person back in the WWF so it, so soon.
2: You know, I don't know why. I'm- my brother-in-law, Davey, went back. I thought I could have gone back and had a good match in the six-pack <laughs> challenge. <laughs> he probably did, too. Probably, probably <laughs> did think that. Anyway, Triple H loses it. We mentioned this recently at the uh, Survivor Series to Big Show. We talked about that. What a
1: great And it's thing. Triple Threat.
2: Horrible. None of this is good so no, far, Joe. This is what kicks it off now on January 3rd, 2000, folks. Now, pay attention, everyone. Right. Because I know a lot of people don't like Triple H. And I know Tony Cherichetti really doesn't like Triple H. And I know Michael Quinn over here
1: I respect him. I'm, I don't. I wouldn't say I really don't like. Triple H was such a good heel in 2000. Yes, he was. He his really was. With on the Titantron with Stephanie's on the other. And that's the, the thing. The two Titantrons thing. I couldn't stand him. Yeah. Because they were so hateable. Very good,
0: Pavlov. All your dogs have barked when you rang the bell.
2: Your test was successful. That and they sucked. They like, picked on Mick Foley. They picked on Chris Jericho. They ended Foley's career. Yeah. That was, and by the way, Mick Foley is mucho instrumental yep. in putting over Triple
1: H. I'm going to say this: I don't think Triple H has a career if it isn't for mankind. Mick Foley. He's not
2: this Triple H. He's not. He doesn't have that run if it's not for Mick Foley's selflessness. I'll
1: say this: There's one match that establishes this title run as good. Rumble 2000. Rumble 2000. Probably Street Fight. In my opinion. I would say Triple H's best match of all time. It might be. It's so good. It actually might be his best match, and it might be Mankind's best match as well. I couldn't believe what was going on in this match.
2: It was. It's an incredible fight, folks. If you've never seen Royal Rumble 2000, or maybe it's been a while, man, check that match. And also, in the garden, yeah. It's. I was going to say also in the garden too, of all places. Now they have a rematch at Hell in the or Hell in the Cell rematch at No Way
1: Out, and that's where Foley loses. Yeah, a lot of people like that better. But I don't. Honestly, I like the I like the 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 Royal Rumble one, and there is a reason why because it's not just. This is why I like it better. It's not just that it's the garden or whatever, right. but there's some good moments in there that intersect with other things, like where Foley's like handcuffed and and which is making you first of all you hate Triple H already he's been such a douchebag with stephanie the whole time up a fucking guy that everyone loves while he's handcuffed like it's so unfair and it's so typical triple h everything he's got the upper hand all the time it's not right and all of a sudden through the iconic like garden like entrance
2: the short entrance right the short entrance the
1: the rock like pops up out of nowhere and he like fucking nails Triple H with a chair, yes. And then he like he like motions to like a police officer, yep. like a New York City yep. police officer, and like he like happily like unchains yep. McFoley, and like the whole crowd flips out. It was great. And like the best is. Right after The Rock hits him with the chair, he does the like cross arm motion, cross arm, like you're a Rudy Pooh candy ass thing, and like points at him like you suck. And he just like fades away, he just fades into the distance, basically. Yeah, it's really good. And there's also like thumbtacks and things on fire. It's it's wonderful. Now, Triple
2: H continued his reign of terror up until and after WrestleMania 2000. I have to give Triple H a lot of credit here, Quinn. At this time in his career, he was still young. He's younger than we are now. Yeah, he was like thirty right. years old, yeah. right? He's hungry. He really wants to make a name for himself, and he did. He was fantastic as a heel. His wrestling was really good. Mm-hmm. He had a way of making you want to see him get his ass kicked by anybody. Remember how over Rikishi was? Yes, That'd, that's not because Rikishi was no, fat. Because well, Rikishi sucks. It was because Triple H. Played off of that dynamic really oh, well.
1: Triple H. So during this, like, I guess early 2000s yes. run, he, he did this thing incredible. where he played a champion where essentially he would be always come within like inches of losing, right? Yes, like, correct. In fact, sometimes he would even lose, like to Chris mm-hmm. Jericho. But yeah, Triple H was just incredible at
2: almost losing. Right and making you want to see him get his comeuppance. But and he, this
1: wouldn't last forever. <laughs> no, and he finally
2: did get his comeuppance against The Rock at Backlash 2000, but won the title back in that tremendous Iron Man match at Judgment Day. Which,
1: by the way, would you say it was a brilliant move to um, extend his heelishness for him to be the only heel to win at WrestleMania? Yeah, I like, think that and, was okay. And, like, wait until Backlash. That was actually kind of brilliant. In
2: retrospect, I think. I didn't
1: like it at the time, but in retrospect... In but you retrospect, just hated more. Exactly. It was like, this fucking guy like right. he is really the guy that's gonna like be exactly the first.
2: like come on and then he takes a bit of, of a hiatus from the title for a long time the rock wins it at king of the ring and triple h does not have the title again until 2002 and now before we move on to our next entry let's let's go through the latter era triple h quinn because in my opinion the good triple h the game the my time that version the sledgehammer yeah. the good version once he tore that quad in two thousand one, oh, it was over, done. Because yeah. he comes back as an ultra steroided up baby face in early O two. And he cares about a dog or something. Yeah.
1: Why? Why? Yeah, why? Why would
2: Triple H ever be a face against Jericho? And that's where they have the match, the main event, where no one cared at WrestleMania right. eighteen because it followed Hogan Rock. Yep. And Hogan Rock was incredible in terms of crowd interest and just the the spectacle. And of the it. match
1: was j- basically like. No, the the Triple H one. The Triple H one, it was basically about, like, a dog and a divorce and, like... It's horrible. And and you know what I hate about it the most? Jericho should have been, like, the hyped-up opponent because the previous year he got screwed, right? Correct. Like, to me, Jericho should have been, like, the babyface chasing after the title, not the other way around. I agree with you. But also... They just there was screwed other, it up. There's other reasons, like, I think because, like, Austin was leaving and The Rock was, was going for some reason. I don't know. Like, Yeah, The Rock was going
2: to be on his way out soon. Right. Austin was Austin was just being shunted down a little bit.
1: And also they had the whole WCW title situation. So Correct. They, it's almost like they had to, like, jettison all this and they just dumped it on Chris Jericho yeah. so he could lose to Triple H. Like, that was basically what they did. And
2: after Triple H's supposedly big win here, he just loses it to Hulk Hogan a month later. <laughs> at backlash, Clash. Mm-hmm. And now, here's the thing. When a lot of people think the early 2000s, Triple H, his reign of terror, evolution, he was not the WWE right, so that, champion during that, that, that period of time. that does change
1: things for our list. Although Yes, it does. Let's be let's be honest here. Yeah. At this point, they started to act like the big gold was worth more or something. Even though, like, I never considered but, it that. And, and honestly, I always felt the only reason they acted that way is because they love Triple H so much and they... They went of out course. of their way to say yes. like Triple H is so much better than a WWE champion that he because he, he's got this big gold belt. And Ric Flair had that and his, Harley Race. And he's well, friends with Ric Flair. Yeah. So and like you should love Triple H. It's like, no, nobody loves. Shut up. He's not a legend. Right. But this, this is when it started. Correct. Like, like 0304 yeah, This is when they started the false narrative that yeah. triple h is the biggest legend right he, he was better than stone cold he was better than the rock he was instrumental in their success yeah blah, like, blah. there wouldn't be a wwe right. without triple h like this is where all of this crap started to come in Correcto. trust me
0: when i tell you that there is only one diamond in this business <laughs> and baby you're looking at him
2: now when it comes to the wwf title besides that like one reign that he had in the same day with Randy Orton in late 07. He didn't win it again until Backlash 2008.
1: Right. But that's also because the big gold was on Raw and Triple H was on Raw. So Triple H was kind of like separated from the WWE title like permanently because he literally was the focal heel of Raw for like six years or something ridiculous. He really was. Yeah.
2: So finally, when he wins it back against Randy Orton at Backlash 08, he has it until Edge... Beats him for it in a triple threat with (sighs) Triple H and Vladimir Kozlov. Remember him? God, I totally forgot. Yeah.
1: Vladimir Kozlov. Oh even, my god, I and, didn't even remember he existed till this second. Yeah, he
2: was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then he has it one last time in two thousand nine. He wins it at No Way Out no, two thousand nine. That's not true because well,
1: he won it recently. Right? And
2: then, yes, he in that weird ass reign where he never defended it, yeah. he won it at the Royal Rumble because he was <laughs> entered number thirty one. He
1: won the Royal Rumble at two thousand sixteen. He was like a yes, hundred by that point. He was
2: a hundred. And then he lost to Roman at WrestleMania, thirty two. Okay please let's move off of triple h now yeah. because overall there everything we described after 2000 stinks it's it's horrible. when it comes to this title specifically yeah, too yeah. right and nothing's it's good bad. there like no one cared about triple h's champion in 08
1: yeah just get out like, of here Come on, people were like where's john cena yeah like, well or, or, or cm punk or, or anyone yeah, yeah, jeff hardy even randy orton they would have taken over
2: him yeah he didn't mean anything by them but quinn finally let's find out who drew number 12
1: Hey, Quinn, have a nice day. Yeah. Okay. Again, this is random. It really I'm is, folks. I'm not joking. Joe. Ac- I we do the him. drawing on Patreon. Watch pa- the Patreon, Patreon. actually do it. It's real.
2: Mick Foley. Right. Now, I got to say. Yeah. Mick Foley is one of my, probably one of the wrestlers I've always respected the most. Right. I really, really like him.
1: Yeah. And not a lot of reigns, but they were all earned and like people, Well, I guess not the last one as we've discussed, but like <laughs> m- most of it was like
2: really good. I want to set the context for you folks. If we're going to talk about Mick Foley, because I think it's important. He had joined the WWF in early 96 after his, you know, very notable career as Cactus Jack. Right both in WCW, ECW, and the independent circuits over in Japan. He joined WWF as Mankind, as a heel. He really brought some life into The Undertaker yep. and established himself that way. Then he, he lived turned in a
1: basement or something. Yeah, his, his gimmick was a little weird. His gimmick can was you, a little can we, like, wrestle crappy? Can we? Yeah, can we kind of admit that retro? Yeah. retroactively here. Yeah, like, I look back at when mankind first came in, and it is super corny. He had like a, oh, it's horrible. He had like a rat. He had a it, rat
2: named George. Yeah, like, his mom broke his piano, uh, broke his fingers because he didn't play piano right or something. Yeah, it's
1: like some really. There's a lot of really weird backstory that they. Oddly added to yeah. mankind.
2: You know what? I wouldn't be surprised here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug someone that I really like, and his name is Vince Russo. If fucking either Pritchard or Cornette came up with all that corny shit, yeah, and Vince Russo was probably the one. Bro, have him do an interview with Jr. where he talks about how who he really yeah, is yeah, and how no one likes them. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy, there's
0: plenty of good reasons to hate me. I just don't want people to hate me for untruths and partial truths and rumors.
2: And that's when people started to like him, like a year later. That that
1: Jr. interview is when people like Mankind. and I would say that that was the march to like him being a world champion. So then, of course, he
2: does the dude love thing, which is fun. Yeah, the face version. Then he does the heel thing, which was unexpected good matches, back to Cactus Jack, back and forth, and then the Mankind we all know and love by late 98. Right? right? The one that got screwed by Vince and The Rock at Survivor Series 98. Yep. So now in the midst of Vince McMahon's WWF versus Ted Tana's WCW, yep. on the January 4th, 1999 Raw and Nitro's, Nitro was live as always, and we don't need to talk about it, but obviously it was the finger poke and it sucked a Dude love! Yeah, it's, okay? it's one of the worst it's things WCW
1: you. ever did. We it's know a fuck that. you, yeah. right? And, and it is I know Chuck Mess and his Sting and Hogan and yeah. all this crap, but like I always say, the reason why I always make that point is because this is the real moment where things started to turn. Well, if this is a nail
2: in the coffin, Star K97 is a trip to the hardware store.
1: Yeah. <laughs> never, <laughs> Nevertheless. Fair. Nevertheless, Fair.
2: nevertheless. Raw was taped. Yeah. As it still was by that point. Until mid-99, Raw was taped every other week. So in December of 98, this was a taped Raw <laughs> airing on January 4th. Now, Eric Bischoff, who... Rather successfully, a couple of years earlier, yeah, would use the tactic of giving away raw results. Now, this worked. In 95, it did. No,
1: and yes, and I'm just saying, if you're looking at the perspective of Eric Bischoff in 1999, you're like, well, why wouldn't I just keep doing it? It's working. Yeah, right. Like, so, Fair. Like, yeah, you know Fair. what I mean?
2: Well, what he did is, yeah, Tony Schiavone announced to the Nitro audience, don't even bother about changing the channel, Yeah, because Cactus Jack... You know who wrestled here? He's gonna win the world title. Huh, That'll put butts in the seats. There,
1: I think that one end part. If they didn't include that, it, people wouldn't have gotten like so mad and yeah. stuff.
2: Or if they never said it, yeah, because the internet existed by then and people had spoiler results of Raw. By yeah, that but I wouldn't say
1: the internet wasn't like prevalent everywhere. Like not every was ubiquitous, especially wrestling fans. You know, yeah, it takes know. a couple I years. I was on the internet. Yeah, I was, but I'm saying we like, were on the internets. Maybe in the Midwest or something. Or they, they don't have internets there. Maybe they, they're just a little slower adoption, that's all, because I know... A cr- oh, you know. No, because that's actually like an infrastructure thing. I know like a a current, like in the heartland it's harder to get the internet, so it took a little longer. So. That's what John
2: Mellencamp yeah. says. So, a lot of people switch over to Raw. I don't know how many, I don't care how many, a lot. Right. How yeah. about that? A lot is right. the number. And they watch Mankind beat The Rock for the world title uh, with the help of a returning after being gone a few weeks, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, I think How this is where is the logic
1: was broken with all of it. Is that especially in this early burgeoning internet era, right? Yes, yeah, burgeoning. Like, like it, was, it isn't everywhere, right? But people no. know that it exists, that you can see it. Think of you're like a fan in an area where the internet isn't as available, right? Sure. And they're sure. giving you, yeah, they're-, <laughs> they're they're giving you a piece of Rajah's WWE, <laughs> like on they are on live tv and they're telling you a hint like hey the title's gonna change hands so you're thinking wow i'm getting this real inside scoop let me go check out what happens That's like you exactly know exactly right you know what i mean well
2: i'll tell you the truth quinn and this is a real story i didn't find out from nitro that mankind was in the world title i found out from rajawwf.com oh really i knew he was gonna win so i made sure to watch raw Right, that exactly. Night, you know?
1: So they just, they made it worse <laughs> yeah. in this case. Now, what's funny about it is that this strategy worked and worked and worked and worked yeah. and worked, and then this one freaking time, yeah. they keep doing what they're doing, and it doesn't work, and it backfires. Like, Good. So that, the only the only reason I keep saying this is because I just don't want, I feel like it's such a stupid thing to say, like, oh, Eric Bischoff's stupid and dumb. No, it had
2: worked. Yeah, like. But he just didn't foresee or didn't think it through that people actually like McFoley. Foley. Right. And this wasn't 1995 anymore. Right. WWF was had been good all year yeah this wasn't exactly. like you know what I mean right exactly. they were good again so anyway mankind wins the title unexpected one of the happiest moments to ever happen on raw it
1: was really good and I even like that like his friends backstage like wrestlers that yep. were really friends with him like came out to yep. celebrate. The came out. His it was, music was playing and it was kinda like the way I don't know why, like I just remember it's like it's that the mankind music or whatever. The remixed
2: it, version. Yeah, and
1: it actually goes with like how dun, like heartfelt this dun, was. Dun, yeah, dun. like I don't know why that remix like worked at that good. very moment. Yep. Like and then
2: that's it. I mean, he he has a very brief run. He loses to the Rock in that brutal, and I mean it, that brutal I quit match where the Rock whacks him unprotected. I think it's a good match, though. It's okay, but that ending is hard to watch. Rock whacks him like nine times with a chair well, right on the I, head. I
1: think Foley figured, you know, what got me to the title was you know things like falling through cells and, and being all this sympathetic stuff, yeah. and being sympathetic. So I know he went all out as far as yeah. during this run, as far as like taking hits. Rock
0: is taunting Nick Foley. I'm on Oh my god! Oh my god! Nick Foley, we've lost the lights of the arena.
1: Farley went through the electrical circuit board. Bro, he went pretty crazy with the Rock. He did, and then he wins it on the famous halftime heat. I always thought this was super fun. I thought to it be was honest. fun, like Vince McMahon on commentary.
2: Yeah, you know what? I realized why Vince is on commentary. It's because only Vince himself would trust himself to be live. It wasn't technically live, but to air during the halftime show of the Super Bowl on MTV when he's got a totally different audience. Right. Because if you watch that match, Vince really tries to put over what the
1: WWF is. He's advertising the product and not the match. Correct.
0: You're watching Action Adventure. That's what the WWF is. Soap opera. It's Roadrunner. Elements of one life to live. It's like Hollywood and Broadway and all points in between. There is nothing quite like the World Wrestling Federation.
1: It's terrific. It's the best of uh, athletics and theater i've never seen anything so exciting
2: and also i think jr was bell's palsy so there's no way he's trusting yeah. michael cole to do that shit in I 99 mean, as we
1: talked he's probably also watching the super bowl instead
2: <laughs> i knew that guy in high school yeah so anyway mankind wins it there he pins rock with a forklift because it's the attitude era
1: bro it's kind of funny it's anyway. funny
2: it's yeah you know
1: it's but wrestling I mean, if Who you cares? think about it where it's a mainstream audience and the wwe was trying to convey this like we're wacky and crazy Yeah, and exactly. fun and come watch spectacle. this. Yeah, like, yeah. And then he loses
2: it to The Rock the uh, day after St. Valentine's Day Massacre on Raw. Seemingly, that's it for Mankind in the world title scene. But oh no, at SummerSlam 99, as we've talked about already, coincidentally, <laughs> folks, Steve Austin's like, I don't want a job at Triple H. Well, which, I don't
1: blame him. But, I
2: don't, but why?
1: <laughs> it's 99, Triple H. Hey, it's not the good one hey, yet. Hey, 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 hey.
2: You are the guy that has said that Bret Hart should have just done what his boss told him to do. So don't give Austin any free passes here. You are the guy that said (laughs) Bret Hart should have just fucking lost because it's his job. So Steve Austin would admit freely now because he doesn't give a shit that he was being a baby. He should have just lost. He
1: wasn't on his way out the door. It's a very different situation. Shut up.
2: (laughs) So, of course, they insert Mankind into this match that should have just been Stone Cold versus Triple H. But Steve Austin was an asshole about it. But no one ever. Everyone gives him a pass on that. God forbid he put someone over. He wasn't leaving. That's the thing. Shut up. People get on Hogan's case for the same thing. Oh, God forbid Hogan put anybody again, over. Again, it wasn't. He wasn't leaving. They, but they wanted to put this guy over, so he should have said. Okay. I just think
1: it's more ironic that you're arguing for the guy that um, set the set the screw job in motion that he I, shouldn't get screwed. When do I defend
2: Bret Hart anymore on that?
1: No, I'm just saying it's just I think it's just funny I think it's, it's funny. It's like, no, yeah. I think
2: it's funny that you're doing the other thing.
1: <laughs> I think it's funny that you don't see the irony because I don't see him leaving. Like to me, it's Who not. Who cares not situ- about? Oh, so you only listen to your boss when you're leaving. No, no, no. I mean that like he literally is going to still be there. So it's not the. Same so is situ- Triple H. Yeah, but I'm just saying because he, he wasn't deserving of the title by 99. What? He wasn't. Why? It's 2000 and the, Why? Once the Stephanie Why? stuff wait, 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 wait. started coming to play. That's, wait, 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 That's when it was so, better. So that's when it made so sense. So now the
2: wrestler gets to decide who's deserving. No, I
1: just think this Gets is to
2: a, dictate everything. But because it's Steve decision. Austin and he was bald and he drove Zamboni's, now we give him a pass, right? But when Hulk Hogan, who was bald and did not drive Zamboni's, when he does it, fuck him, right?
1: Listen, this is the guy that's in charge. Like this era is basically his, his show, essentially, right? Okay,
2: but who's the boss, Quinn?
1: Vince McMahon. Tony Danza. I understand that, but I mean, it's a creative collaboration and stuff like that. What I'm trying to say is Stone Cold is trying to make sure the product that he is essentially that's Shut built up. around him Shut is up. is staying, no. staying strong. And he felt that Triple H wasn't the best choice Guess to who? hold the belt but while here's he was the, gone.
2: You would have a great point if they didn't put the belt on Triple H the next night. Right. No, they they worked around Stone Cold. Yeah, exactly. Which is a problem because anytime anyone else wants to get worked around, it's a big deal. Bret Hart. Oh, it big diva because I'm say, want. I'm no, you're wrong. I'm, muti- Hart- I'm muting you. So Triple H wins the title the next night on Raw from Mankind because Austin didn't want a job. And then he that's it. <laughs> that's it for Mankind. Yeah, that's it. He had this worthless one day reign. Yeah, it's sad. It's very, very pointless. Because really, Triple H should have just won it from Austin. Because again, God forbid Steve Austin put anyone over. You
1: know what the the funny part about all this this drama here is that it was all really for naught when just Vince McMahon just wins the (laughs) belt. Ultimate irony, right there, right? Is Vince just wins it anyway? It's just who cares. That's why I I think this is a a controversy for no reason. It's just a
2: stupid thing that Mankind had a one-day reign, and Triple H wins it from him after it had been building months and months, and that's why I don't agree that he wasn't deserving. Deserving doesn't matter. It's what the company wants to do. I
1: don't know. So you
2: say the inmates should run the asylum, and that's okay. I think when you're driving the product that's a different story. Well, then give Hogan a pass anytime he ever did it. I think
1: Hogan had... Give
2: Bret Hart a pass, too, because he
1: had it in his contract. Listen, I think Hogan... Give him a pass right now. Hogan was I will wait. Listen, just listen to me for a second. Hogan was in his rights. Again, he was in the stone-cold position. They were both in the same position. The product was centered around them, so it was in their best interest to make sure that the people who were holding on to the title while they were getting surgery or something like that were what they thought was right to keep it going. Uh Uh-huh. I understand that. In Bret Hart's situation, he was leaving the company. He would have no connection with any Contract. of this. It doesn't matter. He's oh, leaving. So now so the law doesn't matter. What, I'm okay, just saying, yeah, who cares sure. what he thinks? Uh-huh. He's not you're, driving you're the you playing favorites. You're, you're playing
2: favorites is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's time to rank here. Yeah. Triple H, I get. I mean, I don't know.
1: Is he better than Sean? He probably is, right? Unfortunately. And again, it's because he had 1 million title reigns. But actually, wait a second. His 2000 reign is the good one. Most of them are poor. Yeah. Like like they're all worse than any of Shawn Michaels' runs other than the 2000 (laughs) one. Yeah, but his 2000 was like
2: sparkling. You know, it was really good. The 2000 stuff is really good. Yeah. (sighs) Because, Quinn, how do you keep a product without. If if he's such a big driver, right? Now we're going to go back to you. I'm going to turn this on you. If Austin was driving the product all throughout 1999 and 8 and stuff, yeah. how do you keep the company going without him? You put Triple H and The Rock in a feud over the world title.
1: I thought Austin was in his rights to think that might have been a risk, though, because Triple H was unproven mid forget what, but
2: like, forget what Austin thinks. Yeah. What do you
1: think? Those are the two top guys throughout 2000, right? Yeah, but in 1999, right? i talking about 2000 Right, I'm just saying 1999 when it initially was given the title. I just don't think... He
2: wasn't on that level yet because
1: he hadn't faced Mankind yet. I'm not talking about
2: Austin. Forget about Austin. Yeah. I'm saying as far as Triple H is concerned, when you are losing your top star to neck surgery for almost a year, right. You have to entrust things to people, right? Right. So the top face was the rock, mm-hmm. but his top heel was Triple H. And
1: yeah. in order
2: to to have a good I balance. Love this, I
1: love this two thousand run. I have okay. no problem with that. But it is all of this shit we're talking about, right? Does the shit outweigh this one? Run in 2000. I think the one thing about Triple H, he's
2: very lucky that whole like 04 thing. He's very lucky he's married to the owner of the company.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, it's like.
2: But he's very lucky that that was the other title that he like dominated the scene with in like 03 and 04. Well,
1: yeah. That would have really that, been. Then a, he wouldn't even that, be. That would really be a taint, <laughs> right. on, the, be a taint.
2: A, <laughs> on the title. It'd be a gooch. So I would say that his 2000 is more important than Shawn Michaels' 96 or 7.
1: Mm that's fair enough. I think we can hop him at least above Michaels. I would say his entire run, in as a whole, is predicated on Shawn Michaels existing. But... <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: really, predicated like, on Killer Kowalski existing. Yeah, if you really yeah, want to get technical. no, I'm just saying, though. Literally, like
1: all his success is because Shawn Michaels thought he was worth a damn.
2: Well, I guess, and having a fetish for uh, female bodybuilders because yeah. that's what got him heat, right? was right. <laughs> China and marrying the boss's daughter. So all of those things combined, still a hell of a wrestler in 2000 in and 2000, a great heel. Yeah. I don't think that anything else he did Quinn after that two thousand run is it better than Ric Flair? Yeah,
1: Ric Flair's WWF title.
2: Yeah, because it's longer and more involved. It's it's more consequential. The feud with The Rock is really good, right? And and the whole thing that he does where he's like almost turning face by two thousand one. By the time he tears his quad, that that whole character changed. Right, and that's the thing that character built from ninety
1: nine until the quad. That character became just a pain in the ass you didn't want to see on your TV at yeah. twenty minute promos every right. week. Yeah. But
2: in two thousand he's a perfect heel. Right. He really is. So you're saying better than Ric Flair? Then Ric Flair's very short run, yeah. But still had the Royal Rumble ninety two, which is why he, yeah, yeah. I mean that's his signature moment, but what the hell else did he really and do the except feud with Savage. He won it? From, I had
1: Liz first thing.
2: He wanted at the Rumble. He talked shit about Liz for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Taunted Savage and oh, lost. He was going to hang
1: the uh, centerfold yeah. on the ceiling. Never did
2: either, right? That yeah. was weird. And then that second rain, I don't even count. He did nothing in the second one. Flair. Right. Yeah. It was like a month and a half. Yeah, it was Remember that? It was so, just so
1: Bret Hart could win.
2: Yeah, so it's a little overinflated that he. But I mean, he made it to seven. But I think Triple H hops over him. Brock
1: Lesnar. Uh, this seems like it might be a little tough of a hop. I think he should hop Brock. Really, even after the, the entity era of Brock Lesnar, like <laughs> yeah,
2: because what Triple H did all that first. Triple A, Brock was a dominant heel, ambiguously heel champion, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that I would say Brock, Brock is a different beast, no pun intended. I mean, like, yeah, it's a completely different style character. It's not a character that's trying to antagonize the audience as much as it's a character that's tr- it's just like, yeah, he's just look at him like he's got a sword on his chest. Right. Like, come on, like, <laughs> but in terms of what it did
2: for the product, Brock wasn't there every week, right? He didn't have to be. That's fair. He barely wrestled. I could,
1: I could put him above Brock just because of that. But what about going Phil back Brooks. to... Now, no, wait, wait, wait. One more, one more note on Brock. Yeah, sure. Because we we went through when Brock first started, and it actually was kind of impressive. It was good. But um, some of that, the, the next big thing coming up, like being a big shocker when he came in and, and started dominating, there was some of that. That Is was that,
2: really good. Yeah. I just think that Triple H's 2000 yeah. was so good for the product. That's fair. I really do. I think it meant more... Then Brock's run, it definitely meant more than Flair's. Yeah. CM Punk, though, I think, is I don't is think the he's going to touch
1: CM Punk. Well, the, the paradigm shift, all of that stuff with CM Punk. You think that's what it comes down to? Uh, yes, I think Triple H was just another continuation of the Attitude Era. He was just... I guess that's true, but... Ultimately, he's just a big heel in the Attitude Era. One of the best, though. Let's, yeah, let's one be of the fair. better heels. One
2: of the better heels. Yeah. So do you think that's what it comes down to is that punks i don't know was punks
1: is punks reign a little overblown though quinn i don't know we went over it just what last week (laughs) yeah but is the
2: impact of it a little overblown i
1: don't think so i think we're still seeing some of the stuff that he did reverberate a bit maybe i really do because to this day people chant cm punk it's not they're chanting for cm punk as much as it's it's a way to insult the product he like represents that this sucks it should be fixed kind of like there's something and his title reign represents all that I don't like
2: all all that though but I'm not happy that it represents that
1: yeah but it's a rallying cry and I I think that says something about the impact of the run do you know what I'm saying like yes like it's something that's burned into people's memories this is a a, when the product sucks CM Punk is emblematic of this rebellious nature that the crowd is saying we don't want this we we, want this yeah make it like it was like when it was good
2: but it was good when Triple H was a champion in 2000.
1: Fair, but I'm just... I mean, really? No, but I'm just saying, like, triple people don't chant Triple H, Triple they H. They never have. They, they don't want it like that.
2: Like, <laughs> but, but 2000 Triple H, Quinn, that's one of the best years they ever had as yeah, a company. Yeah,
1: 2000, 11 and 12. Yeah, years. those are one of the more profitable years also. I'm not talking about money. I'm just saying it's fun. Yeah. Fun no, to watch. Fun, and fun, too. I mean, you're profitable when the product is watchable and great. Not so.
2: always. Sometimes you're not.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But I, I'm saying, like, usually the two generally, generally go hand in hand. But
2: don't tell me you didn't miss an episode of Raw in 2000. I mean, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, uh, they also Shit. pulled me from not watching the show.
1: Yeah, I agree. No, this is a yeah. tough one. I think this
2: is, we can definitely agree that Triple H is below the rock. Yeah, no doubt about okay. it. Okay.
1: I think he, I really think he's below CM Punk. Hmm. He's another, when I think of Triple H, I just think of him as a really, really great heel champion.
2: He was. I, well, it's tough to have a, a really I, good heel champion. I can never really.
1: think of a moment where he was a great face champion. Never. But, but Punk. Never. You're right. Was Punk a, had both? He was. He was. A, he, was good, he was both. Wasn't he as the champion? He. There was a point he when was he a was a
2: face here. in eleven when he won it, because he was in Chicago yeah. and they kept him face after that. Yeah.
1: Right. So. I think that, and I think he played heel when he lost to the Rock too. That's what I'm thinking. He of. was a heel he started, for most he, of the run. Yeah. He in the long run the long actual the title Eagles? run. He's, yeah, yeah but with the Eagles, yeah. He started to, he turned heel like halfway through it. or Something, something. like that, yeah. yeah. I think that it's very, very, very close,
2: but I can put CM Punk just a hair above Triple H. I think H. so.
1: I think that's fair. Okay,
2: I think it's fair too. So we're going to insert Triple H now into the number six spot, which means... The first elimination, Joseph. Eddie Guerrero has dropped off of the top 10. Wow. He cannot come back. Well, that is it. What, what a short reign. Sorry, a, Eddie. Even
1: in the top 10. So let's uh, talk about Mankind now. Yep.
2: Mankind is probably not as good a champion as Triple H. Probably not. No. Now his win is fondly remembered.
1: Right. It's like how Ric Flair is. I think, I yeah. think that it's very close to Ric Flair. And Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. I mean, is it actually, is it even, is it better than Sean? I don't really even think it's better than Shawn Michaels. No, but it might be better than Orton.
2: Yeah. Okay. I would say, unfortunately, So that's a starting point here, right? Because look, people loved mankind's win. Right. And we are factoring how they win it into the whole scope of the ranking. Okay. For the record folks, we're not looking like this isn't supposed to be 100% objective. Right. If you just look up the top drawing champions of all time, and then you have your top ten list, like that's not what we're it's doing. Not fun
1: that way. <laughs> exactly. It's supposed, it's supposed to, to be more accurate. It, it we're just in everything. And yeah, yeah. we're just talking, and we are trying to take. To be fair, I, I think at we're least trying we're trying to take every single we're, consideration. We're trying to not be too like use our own like
2: right. But I'm not going to sit here and look up top drawing champions and let that factor into this.
1: I'm not. We know off the top of our heads, like, what are kind of the better years for the company financially? Right, for the most part, right?
2: Yeah. Now, obviously, 98 and 99, when Mankind had it, were tremendous years. But not necessarily because he had the world title, though. Right. Yeah. It's because the
1: product was just hot. Everything was hot. Austin had a lot to do with that. And that's, I think, also, again, why, why I'm I demoted Triple H below Punk because I, I feel Punk is is pulling the company out of something that is. Yeah, and there's again, something to be said about that.
2: There's probably some truth in that. Either way, I think Punk just edged him out. But mankind, I mean, I love the win. Yeah. One of the best all time Raw moments.
1: How about we start right at the bottom then? Just because I don't he's think better he's better than gonna, Eddie. Better than Eddie Guerrero, right? So he's definitely not in the. So he'll make the top 10. Well, will he? Because. He's better than Orton.
2: Come on, Quinn. <laughs> okay.
1: No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. To be fair, let's. He, That's not a
2: high bar, though. I mean,
1: Orton, I feel like, is going to be shifting down. Man, remember m- when Orton and Mankind had a really good match? <laughs> by the way, nobody, nobody remember. Remember when Orton yeah. was just really good at the beginning of his career with like <laughs> all these legends? Yeah, before he got boring. Yeah, he went from like being awesome. good, and then like, he just went
2: boring for like seven years. He was
1: super fun. He was like, yeah, uh, that was he fit. He faced Mankind while he was still fun, and I remember that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was good. Now I am surprised that we found Ric Flair above Shawn Michaels actually I can't I think that was you pushed for that because I
1: would say that Mankind is probably it's because of the Royal Rumble thing and it's because Shawn while he had a great run I don't actually think of it as memorable surprisingly to me it's Shawn Michaels was the champion and that's all that you need to know
2: yeah okay so Mankind's better than Orton right yeah so is it really just
1: where we put I don't think he's better than Shawn that's the thing As champion, as champion, I don't think he is either. Because when his best match during that time period, he wasn't even the champion. It was Cactus Jack, and he was like trying to regain it.
2: Yeah, a year later. Yeah. The halftime heat match is fun. It's not goofy. It's good in its time, though. It's not something you're going to rewatch. No, I mean, honestly. It's
1: it's a spectacle. It's a, hey, it does fall under the uh, weird wrestling shows. It does. Because it's an entire wrestling show we, we totally forgot to bring up. Nice callback. Yeah. But it's not really great. It's no. it's very hammy and goofy
2: and very very emblematic of what they were doing at right. the time.
1: It was an advertisement for the WWF for a half an hour. Was. hour it was on
2: MTV and a very accurate one. Yeah.
1: I'm, what is
0: that? Popcorn out. just being strewn everywhere.
2: The Royal Rumble match that we talked about, the I Quit match. It's just brutal. It's good, but it's, it's brutal. Brutal. It's I not- would say that's
1: sadly the best match. Of this yeah, fight. probably. I mean, okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna say I'm. I think he's below Shawn Michaels. I
2: think he's number ten, and, and Orton shifts down. <gasps> Man, Randy.
1: Oh, oh. Randy.
2: Well, it had to happen sometime, Quinn. Well, is that what we're doing? At I th- least, at least,
1: hey, okay. So even though they're not in the top ten, let's give props. Okay. to Eddie Guerrero, the twelfth great. That's pretty twelve high for Eddie Guerrero. He's very high, yes. Twelfth greatest heavyweight champion. Twelfth greatest. And, and Randy Orton, number eleven. Bravo. Good Bravo. job, Randy. Doing all right. Ranked number 11. The 11th greatest champion of all time.
2: These go to 11. So I think that's I think that's fair. We're, we're locking Mankind in, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's... I'm okay with that. I think Mankind's most distinguishing feature of his any title reign is that he won it on Raw when everyone flipped over because of the finger poke yeah. and everyone was very, very happy for him. And that's him. an
1: actual turning point in WWE history. We didn't even mention that. We didn't, but it was.
2: Yeah. I think the fact that people voted him on here, I think a lot of it has to do with that. The fact that he just was a likable guy that was deserving. Yeah, But I don't think he did much as champion, and I don't think that he was put in a position to really have to do anything as champion.
1: I will say this about, now that we've gone through the first elimination bubble thing or whatever, I'm glad that the first people that entered they weren't immediately
2: yeah right (laughs) right
1: off the bubble
2: yeah so that's kind of fun right yes it is and uh, let's read out the top 10 here at number one it is still John Cena wow John Cena holding strong number two Stone Cold Steve Austin very good still very good for Austin number three Bret Hart yes number three
1: number four The Rock a little higher but (laughs) yeah
2: number five CM Punk. maintaining that five That's, that's big Newcomer, Triple H at number six. I think appropriate. I think ranks. it's fair. Good. Yep. Not as good as CM Punk, obviously. Right below him, Brock Lesnar at number seven. That's that's good. Yep. I, I I think that's completely fair. Yep. And speaking of fair, fair to flair at number eight is the nature boy himself. Yep. Yep. Shawn Michaels at number nine. Our kid
1: still hanging in there. Yep. And a new number 10. It is mankind. Number 10. The 10th greatest WWF champion. I, I think Mrs. Foley's baby boy. She did it. She he did, he did it. She ah. did it. Yeah. So,
2: folks, that is the top 10 as of week six here on November 19th, 2018. We'll, of course, be back next week for week seven. But let us know your picks. But, Quinn, when we come back, oh, my goodness, are we going down <laughs> under review some crap? Yeah. Very down. <laughs> we'll be back right after this.
0: My friends call me sensitive. I guess I am a bit. I really want to call them, but I simply can't commit. To you, me thinketh. That stinketh. Alf, it's about 1010 10 220 Well, don't forget the best part. 99 cents for all calls up to 20 minutes. It's cheap. Write about that. I want to write about no monthly commitment, dude.
2: What about no signing up?
0: Yeah, I like that,
2: brother. Obviously from another mother. Dial 1010 10 220 And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 106. Quinn, before we review something, did you know, Michael, that we have friends of the show, the other wrestling podcasts that are out there? Oh,
1: we do? We do. We have friends. Who are they?
2: Well, there's a few of them, and they're all really good shows, folks, that scrap through the indies on the podcast circuit the same way we do. Let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN. You might have heard of that if you've been listening to us week after week. Great show, when It's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business, unlike us. You know, oh, Well,
1: one of them doesn't really work no, anymore that's true.
2: in the business. So it's mean Mike Crockett. He is an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. The biggest of daddies, the that's- meanest of Mike's, the yep. most retired of retired <laughs> referees. <laughs> and he's joined each and every week by a very big man. He is the ROH's own.
1: Wrestler, The Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Yes, the Wine City Whaler himself. The Whaler. Oh, killing it over in the Ring of the Honor. Yep, also tearing it up in the uh, New England Matlars. I saw he's got music, and it's not very good. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. I, oh, I think whoa. you... I, I think, whoa, Quinn, laying it down. I think you have good music. It's called the WPAN theme. I think it's a great theme. As as Crockett was telling me, it is bouncy already, and they are the bouncers.
2: Well, you need some bounce. Yeah. So check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. It comes out each and every Monday. You listen to it right after us. What they do is they take their perspective as guys that have worked in the business, but also people that grew up as wrestling fans during the heyday of the golden era. And they bring that perspective. They'll talk a little current, a little retro. Sometimes they'll interview someone from the independent scene. it's a great show wrestling podcast about nothing WPAN and also check out the critics favorite. Yes,
1: the critically <laughs> the acclaimed them critics the
2: renowned you mean us Thursday show <laughs> greetings from Allentown GF Allentown hosted Quinn by one very lonely man, our little brother, Petey Wilson. Little Winston.
1: baby Petey. He's Petey. a little baby
2: brother. The man with a plan. His plan, actually, is to take an old episode of wrestling, right? Let's yeah. say it's Superstars from 91 or yeah. something like that, right? And he'll review it, allegedly.
1: Review it.
2: While he does that, though, you're gonna hear shit that you couldn't even dream up, meeting hockey players bars and bars. Something with Kittle. Something with Ron Kittle. Uh-huh. Favorite types of brown liquor. He's also a big fan of my least favorite musician, George Thorogood, so. Yeah, so
1: I also heard he likes Home Improvement. It's a
2: very good show. Yeah. Uh, so listen to Greetings from Allentown. It's a fantastic show, one man journey through a retro wrestling show. Comes out every single Thursday. And also. If you like the Southern Rasslin. Yeah, Southern Fraud wrestling, We have friends that are south of that good old Mason-Dixon line, and they are booking the territory. It's Mike Mills and his crew, and what they do, Quintus, they, they go through the NWA Crockett era. Mm-hmm. They go through some Smoky Mountain, and they do it in the way that they deem the unprofessional wrestling podcast yeah. what do you think of those apples I'm what Michael- what i
1: think is when you first told me that name i thought is this about gambling like bookies oh, they're like they're booking you stuff know, bookies the territory book in the territory well it won't be but a gamble if you take a listen to this man, show it's not very <laughs> gambly huh it's, it's the same thing every week
2: yeah the odds are good if you listen to this show that you're gonna like it they are a southern fried friends going and so check out our three friends of the show that is the wrestling podcast about nothing Greetings from Allentown and Booking the Territory, some other great podcasts that you could check out. But Quinn, I don't know why we do this to (laughs) ourselves. This was your
1: idea, too. Well, this looked so weird to me when I first heard about this. So
2: what we're doing, folks, we're going down under. We're going to throw a a shrimp on the barbie, they
1: say. "Yep, a man from down under. What what is that song from the 80s? Come from a land down under. Men at work, yeah. yeah.
2: Now, when they throw a shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. Is that mean they put a shrimp on a Barbie doll? That's what yeah, it is, right? Yeah, I've never...
1: Or is the Barbie like a stupid... You know how they always make things sound dumb at the end? Is yeah. that like a stupid name for a barbecue? Is
2: oh, that, that must it, be what it is. Yeah. When it must not be a Barbie doll. Yeah, That'd be course, silly. Yeah. What are you talking about? What am I saying Shrimp here? on the Barbie... Right, it's a Q. barbecue. They don't know. Oh, I don't think they, they don't know about the Q. Q in they don't know. Australia. So, so they wouldn't it, be able to say your name.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm.
2: Mm. Michael Quinn. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway... now it'd be Ian. Michael Ian. Michael Ian. So speaking of, uh, there is a promotion that lasted a very short amount of time in 1999 in Australia. They got it lasted a short amount of time. (laughs) Now, Australia coin is far away from here.
1: Yeah, it is. It's across the globe. It's way down. (laughs) Now, is it like one of those situations where if we dug into the ground, when we came Uh... back around, we would be... In Australia. I think we'd it. hit China,
2: right? Isn't yeah. that what they say? Allegedly, China? yeah. Allegedly, but I don't know if I want to try that. we' don't, I don't want to be able end up that. in
1: Kazakhstan or something.
2: I'd go there. Borat lives yeah. there. This suit is black nut. So high risk championship wrestling, folks. It's, it's a high risk to watch. Yeah, this really was. Now, this was something that took place down in Australia, and it was founded by a Melbourne Australian businessman named Peter Scapitus. He was also mm-hmm. a former jobber. For the old World Championship Wrestling in Australia, not the not not the, not the World Championship not Wrestling, you know. yeah, but it was Jim Barnett's, believe it or not, the Australian would, one. Because honestly, Jim how is
1: Jim Barnett hooked did, up into every he, single thing in wrestling?
2: He just did. Now, who ran this promotion with him? But Mark Lewin Quinn, who came up yeah, earlier, that crap, he stinks. Now, <laughs> he was pretty much the booker of the company. Was Lewin? Mark Lewin. Yes, Mark Lewin. Uh, and apparently, they actually got themselves a TV deal. Unfortunately. They got themselves some wrestlers that you're going to recognize as we do the show. Not
1: good ones. No. And this was terrible. <laughs> this was <is worse. laughs> Listen, I'm just going to say this. You know how we always go, is this the worst thing we watch? watched? This might be the worst thing we've watched.
2: Well, I'm going to ask you point blank. Is this worse than the most recent AWF? It is worse. It's worse than the UWF.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
2: It really is, folks. Now. Yeah. This aired on television. They actually let this air. I don't know if there's not restrictions in Australia. Like maybe we could be on the air in Australia. My
1: theory is that this is like either the second or third episode or something. I I think it's the second. yeah. Yeah.
2: So this is July 25th, 1999. And I want to set the context there by explaining that wrestling in the summer of 1999 was very, very popular. Popular, not very popular, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, because during this period of time, the WWF was sky high. Yep, WCW was still doing well. I mean, their products stunk. Yeah, they were doing well, they were doing well, well done, and (laughs) ECW was
1: just about to launch their TNN show. Right, so wrestling as a whole was, was still a pop was culture. prime for stupid shit like this to happen basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like when wrestling is doing good, this always happens. Like there's like a million stupid like what I- is this? Ideas, Never basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And somebody thought, hey, let's make a promotion about high risk. Yeah, which I don't really get the why it's called the, that. The, the risk actually isn't very high as far as the wrestling concerned. No, watching it. Watching it is a whole different story. Maybe the station kept. Carrying it, that's a risk, you know? Yeah, I mean, nobody watched it, so it's a risk (laughs) that they're carrying it, that nobody wants to buy ads. Yeah.
2: Let's get right into it, Quinn. This program is proudly brought to you by AXA and, of course, the
1: Yellow Pages. Right, the Yellow Pages, the thing we all want. (laughs) Do kids listening to this show, maybe there's younger listeners. Right, lads. Lads, do you guys, like, know what the Yellow Pages are? Like, I'm serious. Like, it's not necessary anymore. That's true. The Yellow Pages were... A
2: big deal, you know, for many right. decades, seventies, eighties, nineties, nine X, you know. Before Google. Yeah, New Jersey Bell, yeah. Atlantic Bell-Lan- yellow pages. Bell Atlantic. Atlantic. Bell Atlantic, the heart of communication. The yellow pages is where you find businesses. Yeah. And they're listed in alphabetical order. It's a very nice time. And the white pages, those were the personal numbers, right? The but they were numbers. in the yellow book. It was all in one book. Yeah. And we didn't need two books. It's That'd just be they stupid. distinguish
1: it because so if you recall, the Yellow Pages book was very fucking big. Like It was almost like a joke how big it was. Yeah, you
2: you know, sit on a phone book You know, to boost yourself.
1: People used to really do that for their kids. They really did. I sat on a phone book. So, like, it was combined generally. It would have the white pages, I think, in the front and the Yellow Pages in the back or or vice vice versa. versa. There was also
2: green pages in the one we had, and those were like coupons. Right, right. Because it it was a once-year
1: book, so you Mm -hmm. get these coupons. 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 What is the correct pronunciation of that? I'm not really sure. Okay, let's get to the brisky. There's really nothing to risky talk about wrestling. here so yeah. this is
2: risky business if yeah. you will tom cruise is in his under oh wait no that's a different thing no damn, damn. I, w- I wish we were watching risky business right now it's- it's we much-
1: haven't even started and we're just we keep like complaining like this I know. is it's bad you know balky's in that movie remember? He- yeah he is he's <laughs> like, his, like friend. <laughs> the he's like a good friend yeah is he the good one he's <laughs> yes. also like good with counting things or something yeah he's-, like-
2: he's good with numbers yeah anyway we have a horrifying opening here it's nails
1: and who we called imitation silver Look- looks Like Paula Silva, and oh my god, I've walked into a 90s nightmare. This is my nightmare! This is 1999. Nails is there. Nails. The, the first thing we see on the screen <laughs> is this weird, like close-up of nails and Paulo Silva. I mean, fake Paulo Silva, Leo, whatever his name is. Yeah, we'll find out. The later. Italian man. Yeah, the Italian uh, man staring at each other like it's like one-on-one, like yeah. close-up, like they're this, Hogan weird, warrior here or with something. With this weird, bad, like '90s background, like yeah. saved by the bell or something. It's
2: really bad. Yeah. So Michael Roberts welcomes us. He's Australian. Todd Grisham, apparently.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Roberts, and welcome to High Risk
0: Championship Wrestling. What a response we had last Sunday. It sucks.
2: And he shows clips as promised, of course, from last Sunday between Brute Force and the
1: High Risk warrior. <laughs> warrior. High okay, Risk Warrior. High Risk. He's the ultimate warrior, but he's just for high risk wrestling. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get
2: awful camera angles of this recap from last week.
1: Is this really the best Australia has to <laughs> offer, Joe? The High Risk Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> brute Force. Yeah. Br- These names sound like shitty, like video game characters. (laughs) I
2: know. Isn't brute force? One of the names in that secrets of wrestling video game. I know, but isn't that one of the wrestler names in secrets of wrestling exposed on NBC? It might be. I I think it is. Here is brute force. So one of those losers does a karate kick that even Crush would make fun of. Yeah, they're
1: like incredible karate kick, and we were like laughing,
2: if <laughs> yeah. I recall. Like we literally like fell over, <laughs> like it was so bad, fell right out of the loft. So uh, Australian Jimmy Cordero, that is the ref. was weird. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> I, I immediately chose like, that Jimmy Cordero. It's not, but it could be. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised yeah, more, it wasn't I, Billy Silverman. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't in this. I'm serious. Like I really thought. We're going to see Billy Silverman, right? right? This is somewhere he'd be. This seems exactly the place where you'd find a Billy Silverman ref match, but no. So one of the
2: awful announcers here, I guess it's Mark Lewin himself, because he's one of the announcers. He says this is like a deathmatch. Remember that? What (laughs) is he talking about? It
1: it didn't look like a deathmatch. It didn't look like anything but crap. (laughs) Like, it was horrible.
2: We get a ceiling
1: cam. We have one of those there. The ring looks like it's going to break, yeah, by the it's way. It's all like, flimsy. They, like, the first time I see someone go against the rope, I thought something was going to fall over, like, maybe the... <laughs> posts would fall down it was bad it's very haphazard yeah so both men are high
2: risk high risk haphazard both men are down for a count of eight and we get the worst body slam ever by brute force and by the way high risk warrior is yes a very cheap australian ultimate
1: warrior yep you mean to call him really though Yeah. the dingo warrior is what i think (laughs) i guess he's actually the dingo warrior you say cheap australian ultimate warrior i say the real dingo warrior
2: you might be onto something yeah. here, Quinn. So Dingo closes on Zeref as we fade away, and then we go to the announcers who have a cheaper set than like we do here.
1: Yeah, it's bad, <laughs> and we're like half set up. Yeah. Like we're not even. We have a better setup.
2: Yeah, these announcers, by the way, sound bored as hell. They're like, "We're going to see a great, yeah. going to see a great match tonight. It's going to be really, really good." I'm like falling asleep by this point. Yeah.
0: Well, whenever you lay your hands on a referee, it's an automatic disqualification.
2: That that's worldwide. He had no right to Turk to push the referee down. And then to the locker room with Johnny Gray and the Pitbulls
1: from ECW? What? Like, why I didn't expect to run into them. Why are the Pitbulls here? Well, if I recall, by 99, they weren't in ECW anymore. Fine, but why are they here? Is there, you're, like you're starting a wrestling promotion. There's nobody to pick from because they're all in the two big companies. <laughs> yeah, and what ECW. What else are you going to do, right?
2: <laughs> well... Pitbull number one refers to their opponents as the DOA, dead on arrival. Right. um, Okay, fine. Well, I'm already starting to get worried. Right, but we don't know. We don't know if it's the DOA. Yeah. And number two is like, that's right, Johnny,
1: baby. So why do they both sound like (laughs) Jimmy Hart? They're like,
2: yeah, baby. They keep saying that. Especially number two, he keeps saying baby. That's right, Johnny, baby.
0: Come on,
1: baby. Tag team specialist, baby. Are you using my babies now? It's horrible. This is absolutely awful. And nothing has been good yet. This is actually
2: kind of funny, though. Yeah. Johnny Gray walks us over
1: in the same interview to Nails, <laughs> Nails in his prison locker room. Right. So he's got a special locker room that he's very proud of. It's First of all, it's behind bars, so he feels at home. <laughs> yeah, And he's got his, like, lazy boy chair. Yes. And he doesn't have his voice modulation. Yeah, well, so. he's home. He must be comfortable. <laughs> he's like,
2: it's great to be back home. I got my lazy boy chair. It's great
0: to be back home. I got my clothes hanging on the wall, and I got my favorite Lazy Boy chair sitting right
1: there. I'm sorry. Try again.
0: It's great to be back home. I got my clothes hanging on the wall, and I got my favorite Lazy Boy chair sitting right there.
2: And he calls out his opponent for tonight, which is who we were calling Imitation Paulo Silva. No, it's Primo, who's some seven-foot guy. The Italian Giant, Joe. Nell says he's going to win the World Championship. No, the Hardcore Heavyweight Championship. What is it called, I by the way? I don't, don't think say. we ever established that. And then uh, Michael Roberts is like, all right, we're going to have to take a break. A break. All right, we're going to have to take a break, Break, and we'll come
1: back with a tag team. Okay, this thus starts the weird Australian it, pronunciation. Of, <laughs> I almost mispronounced pronunciation. That's ironic. Yeah. Don't you think...
2: So we get a promo for a show on July 31st at the Melbourne Hall. I'm sure that happened. Yeah, very good. (laughs) We get a very nature related commercial, you know, mountains, creeks, hiking. And of course, Quinn, it's for a
1: bank. Well, you know, that's the only sponsors they could get were the people that probably funded the show. (laughs) Like, like you actually, usually you go to a bank, they don't usually advertise also, but in this case, I guess that's how it works in Australia. Well,
2: maybe the bank is low risk,
1: they're high risk, there you go.
2: You know, when you think of high risk, you definitely think of a floor center, Quinn.
1: Yep, carpet. It's the the cheap kind of shit you would expect to be advertising during this. Carpet. Yeah.
2: They have cozy plush pile, Mm -hmm. wool's of New Zealand, warm wood. These sound like really bad band names.
1: It's weird because they're acting like this is supposed to, like, warm your house for the winter It's just carpet. I thought that was really strange, like, to advertise it that way. It's not a coat. It's it's a carpet.
2: (laughs) I guess, though, to be fair, this is July in Australia, which is, like, January here.
1: Oh, really? So they are in the dead of winter right there. It's upside down world. Upside down world It's like like the minus world down there.
2: (laughs) So anyway, an animated chicken has a cold and takes a demizin. That should have been a commercial
1: for like chicken pox (laughs) therapy or something. Not like a cold. That's weird. (laughs) Back to the action here. Uh, Action.
2: The ring announcer introduces the high-flying pit bulls. I don't Mm -hmm. remember them being that high-flying, though. Were they? Yeah. Didn't fly. They never
1: flew ever. Didn't fly, I don't remember. And the ref like awkwardly holds up one belt probably so this thing looks like a watch chain it's like horrible like, <laughs> like it, a pocket watch it looks like a pocket watch thingy it, but it's a belt i hate it it's got a dangly chain I, on but the again belt. I, I was wondering like why is there one that doesn't make any sense yeah why is he holding up one belt for a tag now, team match? to be fair later we learn that there is a second belt but why again, did he hold up both this is stupid it's all this of it whole is bad is it's there's all nothing bad about. yeah it, there's nothing good here everything i promised you the pit bulls,
2: they're wrestling for Australia. That's the way they want it.
1: Some guy in the crowd has a dude love shirt. That's kind of good. A, there's a lot of 90s wrestling like <laughs> <Yeah>, shirts. <laughs> By the way, there's like a job squad one later. Yeah, there is, right. Like- NWO, NWO. Yep. like so, it, people here probably. I feel bad because maybe they thought like, oh, is the Rock gonna right, be here right, or right. something? Like, oh, you know?
2: wrestling. Ooh, we yeah. better, we better,
1: we better go there. Take yeah. that shrimp off the baby. Is Stone Cold gonna be here? Like, yeah. y- y- you're thinking the names, right? Is right. Hollywood Hulk Hogan gonna be yeah, here? Right, of course. Is the New World Odor gonna be here? No, none of that shit. None of that shit. <laughs>
2: And the camera and the lighting on this are terrible, by the way. Like, by the entrance ramp, there's just a huge yellow glow at the entrance now, the whole time. it's not
1: the usual terrible you would think. I think it's overly lit. Yeah. Like, almost like they had a lot of money for the production, and they were like, let's spend it all. On and lights. Like, there's 1,000 spotlights and things. Going, unnecessary. Mo- lights moving around. There's an incredibly large lighting rig over the ring. Like, yeah. Really big
2: for the caliber of show that we're putting on. We don't need all of that. You need like three lights and two cameras. Yeah, seriously,
1: seriously, it could look like Southwest Championship (laughs) Wrestling and would probably be okay. It would look better.
2: Yeah. So their opponents, yes, are the identical twins, the real DOA, the disciples of Apocalypse, who had just left the WWF recently. Yeah. Good. As you said, Quinn, the Nazi boys.
1: Yes, the Nazi boys. Yeah. (laughs) So the announcement. I mean, that's really all I can say about these two. it's not good, and I'm not saying it's good. No, it's bad. They're literally Nazi yeah. sympathizers they or like something. Like, they're, they're fine with it. Th- that's, I'm not. I don't think it's fine to employ them because no. of that. But and they're, like, bad yeah, too, and it, they're bad wrestlers, too. Yeah, they're bad wrestlers. But
2: The announcer calls them the men of the hour, so I guess if that's the case, please set your clocks ahead because yeah. let's get past this hour. I want to skip that hour a kid in the crowd has a sign coin that says "DOA
1: bone and skull (laughs) so wait a second which one's (laughs) bone is it the one with the do-rag did the wwf copyright eight ball but not skull but not skull and second of all is this like bulk and (laughs) skull kind of thing like like should that music be playing right now like i think so yeah so
2: the crowd gets a little feisty with eight bone or whatever be careful, they're Nazis. (laughs) And then Skull Bones yells at a guy on the mic and says he'll kick his ass like he's Bubba Dudley. So this is
1: basically ECW Australia. I guess so, because they're doing the Dudley shtick. Yeah.
2: And for the record, I know you want to know this, folks. There's way too much space between the guardrails and the ring.
1: Yeah, a lot. (laughs) There's like Like 15 feet. You could almost fit a second ring. (laughs) You could almost, seriously. These people are sitting really far away. (laughs) Yeah, they are. A front row seat might as well be like, you know, six row seat in America. Yeah, I agree with you. That's bad.
2: Quinn, you were Wondering if the local wrestling now, like in England, let's say we went to England, we went right. to see Richard Land. Yeah. Would
1: it be this shitty? Probably. Now, do you think that because, like, Australia and England are the same thing in They're your very mind? They like. Right, you know what I mean. Like, I get that that they don't say crikey in England, but like, what you mean? know, they, they have they have a cultural like bond, right? They they, they were once the same country. Well, and if yeah,
2: if I'm not mistaken, isn't Australia where England sent all their prisoners back in the day? Right,
1: but it is a cultural bond. I'm just saying, it's a cultural bond. Yeah, cultural okay. bond. Well,
2: if it's a cultural bond, and the wrestling must be shitty in England, right? Yeah. So let I, us know. Yeah, let us know. So anyway, the entrances were like seven minutes ago, and we're finally locking up. I don't know what the fuck they were doing the whole time. By the I, way, the I, it, it took a really long time to start. Way this. too long. The referee is Tony Marina, if you give a shit. So T-Bone over here and Pipple <laughs> number two fight for a while. This match is a real number two. It, and, it, it, you mean shit. Yeah. And literally
1: nothing good happens. Like, it's literally. so... Boring. The high spot thus far is a neck breaker. Big neck breaker. Also, there's a lot of people with leather coats in the background. I'm like, what what is that about? Is that the big style in Australia? <laughs> leather coats. <laughs> leather coats. I guess Too so. many leather coats. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway
2: the announcers like attempt banter about how bulk and skull here are identical and only a mother could love them or something but yeah. whatever banter they're attempting does not work it's pretty poor
0: what about their mother if they're identical twins Imagine bringing them up
2: huh.
0: only a mother could love them <laughs> right princess <laughs>
2: <laughs> and seriously folks there's nothing to report on here it's a very dull Meaningless, poorly worked, sloppy, lethargic, disinterested wrestling match. It's horrible, really. Yeah. yeah. The announcer mentions a Fantastic Greek and Spartacus. Who, <laughs> Who are these
1: people? <laughs> what is this
2: company? Fantastic Greek? Joe, what I... year is this from?
1: It's it's the worst. <laughs> it's so bad. So we take those. I can't believe how bad this is.
2: It's brutal, folks. We're watching a match between the DOA and the Pitbulls, and it's awful. Yeah, no shit. We take a break from this thrilling match here to watch a promo for 60 Minutes Australia, where a bald guy in a suit excitedly says, Broccoli? That tastes like chocolate? Broccoli that tastes like chocolate. Tastes like chocolate. It's called Frankenstein food, and you better find out tonight on 60 Minutes. And then we get a very ha- <laughs> <laughs> Then we get a very... <laughs> broccoli that tastes like chocolate i love that line can we (laughs) hey you're you're definitely gonna rip that right i have to we get a very happy uh tv week magazine bumper you know all the latest news on your celebrities hot
1: hot tv news the hottest
2: news (laughs) and then some lady with a very short haircut opened up a store and that's like our Nas cafe big break or something i don't know
1: what the fuck is wrong with australia what is this I'm sorry if you live in Australia, but this is like all the weirdness. It's very weird. I'm sure like it's pretty normal there. It's just like it's weird how it's like the loud and proud weird shit is on TV. Yeah, like broccoli that tastes like chocolate. Yeah, like it's it's like how probably people look at America and they probably see TV and they think, wow, this must be really weird America. It's the same thing here, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but we must be a little more normal than Australia. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, maybe not. So there is an Australian 1010321, and it's
1: 1478, and you can call places like New Zealand well, and Ireland on the cheap. Well, it wouldn't be a um, wrestling show without a commercial for some kind of call thing. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so we got a movie coming up, Quinn. It's got Kevin Costner. It's got Renee Russo. It's even got Don
2: Johnson. And yes, it's called Tin Cup, and it's on 830 on nine. What? Channel nine. But they they're just <laughs> like that's on eight thirty at nine. First time on television, Tin Cup, eight thirty tonight on nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Back to the action here, uh, or lack thereof, and we get a double sous play by the pit bulls. We fight to the outside. Number two hits Bonehead here with a padded chair. Crowd gets all happy. Quinn. It's a high risk chair. I guess you're right. Very high risk. (laughs) So we get some very meandering brawling on the outside. You know that type of brawling where nothing's going
1: on. Yeah, it's just like just kind uh of punching and sort of punching, wiggling around. It's that. It's nothing. They're walking around. Yes, that walk Walk, walk brawl so they go
2: back in Pitbull number one goes for a splash on 8-Bone but the other Nazi pulls him off the ropes and we get a nice side slam by one of the Nazis there this match is really making me want to see nails by the way Quinn
1: which is sad the Harris Brothers are one of the worst things ever you're man. right there's nothing good I've ever seen with them can yeah, you, you think of one thing were they good in ECW when they had the hair the best thing that ever happened ever with them, Joe, yeah. was when they fake inherited TNA for like a month or something. Oh, God. Because yeah. That. Remember when TNA somehow signed over the company to the Nazis? Yes. Right. Right. Like, I don't course. even understand how, but they did. Yeah, I know.
2: High risk wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we get uh, we got to a commercial abruptly again here and we see a promo for funniest home videos not america's well, obviously australia's most funny but it's videos. just called funniest home videos hosted by a lady quinn that you found kind of cute uh, she looked cute to me yep. and then we get a, a cheapest chips carpet cleaning commercial
1: what does that mean it's is cheap as um, not french like, fries french fries right i would think or does it mean cheap as actual potato chips it's, no it's i think confusing. chips are fries in australia maybe it's different no i, mean, I think I it's know crisps I know that they're very culturally aligned, but maybe it's like the chips here. Do you think England and Australia
2: are very similar? Because I think they are, right? Maybe they use different words.
1: Well, I think all English-speaking countries in general are very similar across the board, even us. Right, but we're the best one. Stop!
2: Canada's probably the best one. Probably
1: Canada's. let yeah. Canada there. Yeah.
2: So anyway, uh, we get an Australian army commercial, which is done in the exact same style as all those U.S. like army commercials. Right.
1: That was weird. So that, yeah. So here's an American similarity, right? Yep. Their army commercials almost the same as ours, mm-hmm. except just wearing the Australian like hat uniforms, all Got, that. Gotta have the hat.
2: Yeah. So we get a very poor quality commercial about pan sales, a uh, you know electronics company. Yeah,
1: that seemed like Panasonic. To yeah, me. but it's
2: not. But you can get a two head long play VCR. Oh well, we know about that. But I want to dissect that for a second. Yeah. By 1999, two head VCRs were not very good. No, like, wasn't
1: the forehead the standard by that point? Yeah,
2: a kid could cry over how bad a two head yeah. VCR is. Right. And long play LP. Yeah. Now there's two famous modes of play. Right. There's SP, which is standard play right. or slow play. I think I it's just standard. watched the
1: whole thing on this the other day.
2: And there's SLP, which is super long play. Which is also known as EP extended play. Now LP was it's not that's
1: a, the in between one, right? It's
2: the in between one that was not officially recognized by JVC, the originator of VHS. Now
1: I have a, I have some interesting information about. Please that go ahead. Because there's
2: nothing good to talk about.
1: <laughs> I think that the LP, from my understanding, I watched the whole thing. This guy Tech Connection something. Yes, and I think that the LP was the first one, and then they. They very quickly abandoned it before JVC even got to approve that. Uh Aha. I think that's what happened. Because LP stinks. Right.
2: It's very bad. (laughs) You can also get a 34-centimeter TV with remote. What
1: what is that? I don't know the metric system. See, that's one thing we don't share with our our English-speaking brethren. That's true. I have the official conversion, coin of this 13 inches. Wow, that's a shitty TV.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Back to the show. As the announcer says, did you see that? No, like we didn't see whatever they're talking about. We literally, we come back and the announcer's like, hey, did you see that? Whoa, did you see that
0: though?
1: You pulled the rope on him. This show (laughs) is half over. How is this match still going like what the fuck yeah why is this match still
2: on the show's done almost it's
1: it's ridiculous It's over (laughs) half over
2: and then we get one of the announcers i think it was mark loo and he's like did you see how he's going for pinfalls this is real wrestling folks
0: he's going for pinfalls this is real wrestling folks this is the tough hardcore stuff i promised
1: you this is heinously heinous. <laughs> I don't want to watch this anymore. It's horrible. It
2: really is. By this point in the show, we are just like done with this shit. Everyone just laying around for a while. <laughs> it's terrible. Or <gasps> wandering yeah. around. Like literally there's lights a, everywhere. There's a spot where everyone's just down. It's horrible. They're just laying around. Are they serious? They're serious, Quinn. Are they series it's like a 20 minute segment this match and everything yes. nothing's going on like, it is
1: for the tag titles to be fair shut up the first ever <laughs> tag team up. champions but They're i don't want to watch it they could have just done this in rio de janeiro <laughs> and left it be. <laughs> Like all respectable wrestling promotions do when they want to decide their champions.
2: One of the announcers says to call your neighbors and let them know that high risk is on and it's live.
1: They're not live. They just showed this match in a commercial for the company. <laughs> it already happened. Like You're months right. Ago, probably.
2: That's totally real. Yeah. There's like the promo for that Melbourne show. They yeah. show this match in the yeah. promo. Anyway, bulk gets on the mic and yells at number one while skull has him in a devastating headlock or How something. How did
1: they think this was acceptable? I'm serious. How did they think this was okay?
2: <laughs> this match, this How? promotion, yeah, this display.
1: It's horrible. <sighs>
2: oh, crappy uh, flying kick, it's called, by Pitbull number one, but Skullball just no-sells it anyway. So number two here makes the hot tag, which the announcers literally say nothing about, and the crowd barely cares also. Remember that? I can't that?
1: believe they fucked up a hot tag. <laughs> How do you mess that up? You spent 14 minutes or yes! whatever having Pitbull number bald, getting, like, beat up or whatever. Yeah. And he gets the hot tag. Nobody cares. The announcers don't <laughs> care. Like, they're just like, uh, I don't know. They're too busy saying how great this is. You know bills what I mean? and stuff. and talking <laughs> about Bill's. Built. Then we get Whatever a they say, Deek. We get
2: a random "you fucked up" chant. Maybe that was directed at Mark Lewin for booking this. I'm I not agree. sure. Yeah. Anyway, crappy power bomb by uh, Pitbull number one. As the fucking headhunters wander down,
1: why do the headhunters look like they belong in Cats, the musical? Send them <laughs> back to the Winter Garden Theater. They don't belong here. I don't want to see them. Get them out of here. So the ref
2: runs away to stop the cats there from coming in the ring as uh, 8-Bone hits uh, Pitbull number one with a chair for the win and whatever tag titles they are. Your new Nazi world tag team (laughs) champions. (laughs) Then the DOA celebrate with their shitty belts and then the announcer, promoter, bald guy, Mark Lohan, whatever he is, he comes over, he tells the ref what happened and the ref's like, oh, okay, and (laughs) gives the belts to the Pitbulls. When does that ever happen? Never. That's weird. The promoter, who's also the announcer, And like, whatever, a former wrestler, he just casually like, hey, ref, no, they interfered. And the ref's like, okay. What is, by the way, this promoter
1: guy, he's a presence throughout the whole show being like annoying and just making up the rules as he goes along. He reminds me of Herbie. He's like Herbie. He's not even Australian, though, Mark Lewin. Yeah, he's, what is he from again? I don't know, but he's not Australian. We saw him in something and he was horrible. We've seen him.
2: Anyway, let's get some Aussie drama updates there. We get uh, some people on a boat, yeah. a guy literally being crucified on the beach for being a child killer, mm-hmm. lady with a pantsuit, you know, your standard Australian this, this fare. St- this is
1: the Australian okay. drama of that's the right. 90s. It's
2: Water Rats, and it's on tonight at 8.30, but at 9.30, a guy in a Spanish accent says, I don't need you. I don't need you. And then... And hit the dick! <laughs> hit the dick. It's Stingers, and that's on at 9.30 tonight. May
1: I, she says something more to the effect of, like, when we get across the door... Hit the dick. She does. That's real. And I'm real. like, what? And it took me minutes to figure out. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Literal like half, minutes. Like, literal minutes to figure out that she meant deck. We deck, watched yes. it multiple times, we too. Because it was funny. Yeah.
2: Anyway, uh, we got more carpet commercials here. And then we get a bank commercial about a new Japanese brewery featuring a sumo wrestler and a businessman. And then, of course, an ice skating commercial turns out to be for Ovaltine Light. What's next? Vegemite? <laughs> like, Seriously. Now backstage, John Gray, who's basically like old Australian Kevin Kelly, <laughs> is with uh, Mark Lowen, the owner promoter, whatever he is, and the DOA <laughs> like walk by like all mad. So the camera follows them all the way back to the Pitbulls dressing room, a where
1: fancy dressing room, very a, way fancy. too fancy Posh. for these teams. Yes. Like-
2: so the DOA beats the shit out of the Pitbulls. That was almost interesting. Yeah. It's, again, ECW in Australia. Well,
1: I like how John Gray casually is like, okay, we're out of here. Like, yeah. he's just like, fuck
2: this. The Pitbulls like, are getting, like, beat the shit There's he's like, like, things like, happening. He's like, we
1: have to go back to the ring. Yeah. Like, no, like, he's not even, like, scared or, or anything. Like, no, he's not at like, all. Okay, and that's good. We'll, we'll see you later.
0: First of all, <laughs> we're going to go back to
1: the ringside. Let's, let's go back up the ringside.
2: Back to ringside. This match is for the heavyweight title. It's. <laughs>
1: The Strangler Nails. That's what they yeah. call them. And might I add, entering to the Matrix theme. Yeah, why? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> the Strangler.
2: I guess uh, Ed Lewis uh, trained him, right? I thought he was trained by uh, Morpheus. <laughs> I've never been so happy to see nails and he looks
1: literally the same as ever. Same nails. Why is he the number one contender or whatever he is? That's a very good question. face too? I still couldn't figure that out by this point. Well, Because his first promo, he was like kind of happy. I'm happy to be home. (laughs) We got my lazy boy. (laughs) He was like, this is great. (laughs) Pretty well, he's from Boston too. Home. home. I was thinking because maybe he was trying to make like a historical reference that Australia Ah. was founded by convicts or whatever. Much more cerebral intellectual nails than where you yeah <laughs> like he he's with this he's with his brother in, or whatever yes definitely according to him i'm not saying that's really how australia is now no, i'm just no. saying that nails is making a dated reference how about that uh, 200 years dated yeah. yes the announcer calls him a top athlete i don't know what nails he's been watching by the way why is the belt like disrespectfully like just laying on on the mat yeah what is that they didn't even like pick it up they're just like mm. Yeah, it's literally, <laughs> like, off-center in the yeah. middle of the ring, just yeah. like, eh. The ref's just, like, walking around. It yeah. He's not even picking it up. <laughs> so
2: anyway, nails' opponent is Primo the Italian. He, Italian giant. Chuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get it and, right.
2: And I don't like him. I'm like, he looks like junk. And you're like, no, he doesn't look junky. What's your problem with him? I'm all like on nail he's side. He's less
1: junky than I thought once I saw him like actually come out. Like that picture at the beginning, he looked like Paulo Silva. He did. I realized that that was just a bad picture, I guess, or something. There's no way he's seven feet, though. He does not look like a giant. Well, so I don't the know. the same height as nails. He's a slightly taller than Maybe nails. He's probably inch. like six 10 or something.
2: No way, because Nails is probably 6'5".
1: Nah, Nails is like 6'9", I thought. No way! In k Fop? Well, in real life, I thought. He looks really tall to me. He is not that tall. I don't know. Anyway, Nails
2: attacks before the bell with his usual, you know, chokes, uh, foot chokes, rope chokes,
1: punches. Well, he's strangling him and... This is the worst wrestling. (laughs) It's horrible. What am I? It's horrible. I can't even. We're trying to, like. There's nothing good to
2: say. Uh, Let's just. All right. So Nails bites Primo. He also just bites in general. Primo has had literally zero offense. We're like four minutes in. The crowd chants boring. They finally get it. The crowd? Yeah. Yeah. They finally understand what this show is. It sucks. They've been tricked, (laughs) they've been duped, bamboozled. (laughs) The wool pulled over their eyes. Anyway, Nails clotheslines a big dumb idiot out of the ring, but gets pulled out and beat up outside, but he barely sells anything. Well, that
1: is what he does. Do Nails, you know? yes. Always. He doesn't sell. At least he hasn't changed.
2: Yeah, that's true. given give him that. He hasn't changed clothes either. Yeah. So Nails is back on offense here immediately. Mm-hmm. Like Quinn said, he does not sell. Yep. He doesn't do that. Uh, and we take a commercial break to get more security outside the ring. That's what yeah, the announcer says. Yeah, that's the reasoning. <laughs> yes. we, we
1: can't show you the security coming. So we're going to find out about Coast Cow with Pat
2: Rafta, who looks like Dan Cortez. You know, Dan Dan, the Whopper Man. Mm, Dan Cortez oh, him, from MTV. Yeah.
1: Be careful. The ocean's running out of fish, Joe.
2: Yeah, what? So basically, folks, this is a mm-hmm. commercial about how Australia is beautiful and the coastlines are beautiful and, and the fishing is fun. great and we all love it, but... Don't fucking take all the fish. They're running out of fish. They're running out of fish.
1: They live on an enormous island, a continent-sized island, surrounded by the ocean. The ocean doesn't run out of fish. It's impossible. I understand overfishing maybe a pond or a lake, (laughs) but the ocean? The ocean? Are you serious? This isn't an issue.
2: Now we get a gold for gold commercial, whatever that is. But Monday, Quinn... It's Dallas Jr.
1: Returns. Now, okay, I I oh. know I know a thing or two Glad about Dallas. Glad to be back Dallas. here on Dallas. Yeah, I know a thing or two about Dallas, but I swore this debuted in like the early '90s. This Jr. Returns thing, not 1999. So they're probably just rerunning it, right? or they just got it because that's how television distribution works. It's like it gets international; it takes years. Remember, Russia didn't get anything until like they didn't much get later. McDonald's until remember they were talking about Miami Vice in like 1995, like it was new it's a good show yeah
2: anyway we're back to the action here and it's literally just more meaningless brawling all around the outside the promoter Mark Lewin gets on the house mic yeah to cheer on
1: Primo he, come on Primo yeah he's basically come on, doing Primo. the Roddy Piper Virgil from 91 yeah, yeah. yeah come on Virgil yeah it's the same thing come on Primo
2: So then he announces to the crowd, they're out of the hall because that Nails and uh, whatever Primo they brawl yeah. like all the way to the roof or as something. As soon
1: as they leave the hall, the ref starts to count. Yeah, what the fuck? They yeah. were... That's the barriers on this company. You can wrestle anywhere in the hall. Right, but once you leave the hall. Once you go through that door, one, <laughs> two, yeah, like that really happens.
2: And they count them both out. And Nails and Primo fight their way back. Nails is dominating the whole time. And Mark Lewin is continuing to yell over the house mic. Yeah. Come on, Primo. Come on, Primo. Come on, Primo. Not biased at all. Not at all. Come on, Primo.
0: Come on, Primo. He shoved the gate, but Primo's after him.
2: Come on, Primo. Come on, Primo. Finally, in the ring, Primo unveils his big offensive move, his finisher. This is what will put nails away. This is it. The claw.
1: His move is the claw. What does he carry, Von Eric? Like, are we that? I hate that move too. By it's a the way. terrible finishing it move. Stinks. Doesn't look like anything. It's like what Crush does, kind of. Like, it's worse than you know. what Crush does. Well, they're it's both about bad, the same. but it's the same. I anybody Anyone who has that move, it's just it's like it's, it's so terrible. Static. By the way, speaking of crush, I just was thinking to myself. Yeah, crush not only had the shitty like crush your head, aka the, just the claw with two hands. Yeah, but he also had the heart punch, which is also yeah. a shitty move. He was
2: given very poor finishers. Yeah. I always liked his tilt a world backbreaker. I thought he pulled that no, off very well. Finisher, so. He's actually a better wrestler than anyone we've seen so far. Yeah, that's well, saying Anyone
1: you you won't see anyone else either. So
2: <laughs> brute force runs in, followed by the Dingo Warrior, and they all brawl. Except Nails, who gets the hell out of I the ring. Him, I don't blame like, him. Just go back to Boston or whatever. Ah, I gotta go back. Yeah. with Hang out with Duke Daugherty. Leave his home, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, of course, we're immediately told about how next week... We have a tag match. It's Nails teaming up with Brute
1: Force to take on Primo and Warrior. Yeah, which probably happened literally Mm. as soon as this was over, because they probably taped all of it at the same time. It's like how AWF or whatever. Yeah, it has to be. And then we have like
2: a tag team pose-off. They like raise each other's hands, each team, and stare off, and that (laughs) ends the show. We get credits under an awful song. And uh, promoter, Peter and Denise
1: Scappidis. It's a family affair. I guess so. President Mark Lewin. right.
2: And Vice President, of course, Princess
1: Linda. So is she the Princess of Australia? Like, yeah, the uh,
2: Honorable Princess
1: Linda. <laughs> With a Y. Yes. Quinn, what the <laughs> hell was that? What the uh, Seriously, what the fuck? Like, that was an embarrassment.
2: Well, I have an epilogue for you.
1: Oh, sure, go ahead. Now, this is
2: a quote from The Observer. Yes, I'm actually quoting The Observer because wow, really? it's so hard to find anything on this shit. This quote was sent over to me by a a friend of the show who uh, is across the pond there. The pond. Yes, the pond. The Australian-based high-risk championship wrestling promotion that we've been reporting on the last two weeks has already pulled the plug. Peter Scapitus, the promoter, a 70s prelim wrestler who made his money in the clothing business. (laughs) (laughs) That alone, is is that's the line of the thing right there. (laughs) Suffered financial losses on most of the early shows. While they drew a good house for their debut in Melbourne, much of it was papered, and their first show in Sydney didn't draw well. There wasn't overly big amount of people. We
1: didn't note like that wasn't a small crowd. It was probably a thousand, yeah, maybe or more. Two. Like it was a lot of people. Yeah,
2: they had a great television outlet with a noon Sunday time slot on Channel Nine, but only That's not t- bad. It's like Superstars, right? But only two shows aired, and there was little advertising or promotion work before the tour started. Are they serious? And some of the smaller cities didn't draw at all. And that's the story of high-risk championship wrestling. So it
1: lasted, what, three shows? For, two shows. Two, These it? are the two TV shows. This is the
2: last show. I believe so. And the second show also. And that's all there
1: was. This did not. This lasted weeks. I wonder what happened to those belts. Those look like nice belts. I
2: think they're in a pawn store somewhere. <laughs> Quinn, we have reviewed... A wide variety of wrestling over our time. Most yep. of it is in the range that I'd call mediocre. Was it worse than Heroes of Wrestling? It's tough to say. Whereas Heroes was a two-hour pay-per-view that felt like a two-hour pay-per-view, this was a one-hour show that felt like a two-hour also, show. Also, that show had Baby Bundy. So, And it was at least badly entertaining, yeah. Heroes of Wrestling. It's not good. Yeah, This is worse than the last AWF, which was brutal. <laughs> brutal. You know, the UWF one was pretty brutal too before that yes the UWF has been tough there's been some good stuff in the UWF though you know we least. could
1: watch one more episode of this Joe and we would have watched every single the whole catalog yeah the entire we, it would be the first promotion I've ever watched from beginning to end
2: do you think we're in agreement though that outside of maybe heroes and I think this is even better than or worse than heroes because heroes we knew what we were getting into
1: does that make it better Jake or fell.
2: worse Jake fell in the ring yeah, <laughs> this doesn't even have comedy. Yeah,
1: there's nothing funny. This has a bunch of laying around and nails.
2: Yeah, and I mean, really, we've seen nails in fucking AWF by now. We've seen we see nails a lot more than I want to. Now,
1: do you think though it's shutting down? I don't really feel it's cause like it that, sucked. No, I don't think it had anything to do with it sucking as much as they just didn't have the money. Period. You if it I'm- was
2: good, they would have had the. Well, they blew it all on
1: lighting. Right. Exactly. That's what I think. It
2: really comes down to the lighting. To be honest with you. You know what, Quinn? It might be all about the lighting. Yeah. And how appropriate that it was deemed a high risk (laughs) and they went out of business. High risk to put the show on. Due to high wattage. Yeah. Folks, thank you so much for being with us as always as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Be sure to join us next week after Thanksgiving on the 26th as we will have Royal Rankings week number seven. Of course, a whole host, a whole plethora of retro wrestling topics But until next time, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. Have a good Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week. Gobble, gobble.
0: DOA, they're a different breed. They, They got the attitude. I was talking to them when I put them under contract for Peter Skipides. They're, they think they have a superior attitude. They think that they can rule the earth. Well, this earth is Australian earth over here and the pit bulls are fighting for you. So everybody, like I said, let everybody know, get on the phone and let them know that high risk wrestling's on the air with a tag team championship match. Pit bull, oh, there's, they're pit bulls. Look at the way they're built. Trying to restore order. only plops him down to the mat. Good move. Settling down now, getting into the wrestling. Tremendous match getting underway here. They, they've actually held this world title belt before. It was vacated, but now it's up for grabs. Only for high-risk wrestling. Now he ducked out there. You can see the arrogance on his face. Bone well, and skull want to take on the Pitbulls, The referee. The whole of festival. Hall? Wow, look like they're ready too. <laughs> wow, broccoli that tastes like chocolate.